And now, introducing the man who's been saving up money of late in order to buy a high-end 3D printing machine to, quote, fill out all the empty space in my trophy room, unquote, as, while he hasn't found the perfect bronze coat of paint yet, he feels confident his children won't realize until high school he never won the Heisman. After being involved in an altercation with a concession man at Camden Yards, he was baffled and irate at the fact that he would not be allowed to buy all the beer and he would not be permitted to buy the container with all the ice in order to, quote, wear it around my neck like Flava Flav, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio no, Press Box. It, I mean, wasn't it wasn't how it was written. It, it wasn't, wasn't how it was written. So you made a mistake in writing it. No, I wrote it perfectly. I did made a mistake in reading it. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Well, some somehow there was a mistake. But it still came out in a passable fashion. If I had not mentioned it, we would have moved on, and you know. Well, but ultimately, not a, look. It, it was, was shaky, is what it was. I got it texted was. while I was reading, and that threw me off. Was it an important text? Kinda, yes. Okay. I've been kind of worried right now about the state of my girlfriend's cat. She can't find it. Well, that's not great. But she lives in an apartment. So. So it can't. The, it's an oldish cat, and so, that's the real fear is that like. I'm but, really But confused. he's he's good. Okay, well, thank God. He's thank good. That's that's the text is the. I was actually on edge for the last ten minutes, because I was genuinely worried this cat might be dead. This I mean, is my I, favorite cat. I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not trying to. This cat's the best. That. I'm not trying to downplay that, but it does seem to be a bit more of a concern that a cat living in an apartment. I'm aware that like, it can't have gone, any, yeah. but that's why the concern was grave. Okay. You I mean, know, like, he has a bit of a breathing issue. He's got, like, a snout that's pushed I, but in. But I still don't understand. It doesn't change the fact that, like, where could the cat go? I think it may have been in a drawer underneath her bed. I don't fully understand. The right. video she just All sent right. me right. is him right. in the sun, Happy, wonderful. I'm, I'm. That's lovely to hear. And I am thrilled. God bless. Guess what his name is? This is gonna be. I don't know. A winky tank. (laughs) This is true. Her name. The name of the cat is. I was. I was not on board with it. Just get to the name. Orenthal. Take it back. You shouldn't have shared that, Kyle. You should have maybe left that one alone. She has a pancake dog, a waffle cat, and this is OJ. That's not good, man. <laughs> it's not good. That's not a good name. I'm just, I'm just being straight up with you. I was against it. I was against That's it. That's the type of thing. I that was you should, against it, Glenn. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There's some. Okay, so we I live was against it. We live in an old farmhouse, right? And we have, we have, back. We have two sets of staircases in the old farmhouse okay. because the farmhouse is so old. Sure. That once upon a time. I get where you're going with this. You know what term I don't use? I'm aware. You know what I don't describe them as? <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's a little different. It's a little bit different. <laughs> it's worse. What? Yes. What? You know you chose to name the cat a certain <laughs> thing. But this I is can't a change different thing. How old the house this is? This is a different thing. I get that people aren't running around naming things Adolf. Like I understand that we retired that name. I'm aware. I think this one would be a pretty good one to retire too, <laughs> Chief. I, I mean, I'm I get not, it. I'm not. I get where you're. I'm I didn't. Not, I was I'm against not, it, Glenn. Bro, I was against it. This is a. I this was is, against this it. This is a you was and your chick it. problem. I was I against it. I can't speak to. <laughs> I was against it. But what I know is it's not something you should be saying publicly. 
that publicly look there were probably maybe, a lot of Orenthal's. Maybe no, there were not. <laughs> Was he really the only one? I mean, ever you name name another one. I get that I can't, but there have been. He was not the your, first. Your girl can't name another one either. Definitely not. That's the point. The point isn't mm-hmm. whether or not there were others. Yeah. It's that we know. Mm-hmm. We know. Yeah. Look, I agree. Jeez. I agree. This is a we had it's a dark turn. <laughs> it's a dark ass turn. Isn't that for the to best? Start today's show. Is that not for the best? No. Based on where <laughs> at some point I would have liked to have thought that you would have stepped in and said. Maybe we don't refer to the cat as OJ. He's just or, OJ. Or as Orenthal. Is either one. <laughs> we leave them both on the. If, the does it help if floor. he's ornery? No, you could just refer to him as, <laughs> as ornery. I, I mean, man. That's not the, his name. I got to name him ornery. What are you going to. Your name. This is better? <laughs> you think this is better? What is wrong with you? I think we have. Started this show in unique fashion. Just call him Orange Juice. That's not a good name. Yeah, Kyle! <laughs> you are not the one to set the standard for a good name right now. You have lost that privilege. I didn't name the cat. But you didn't do anything about it. <laughs> or you didn't say to yourself, maybe I don't openly admit that. Isn't there a statute of limitations? My old DJ name isn't <laughs> as bad as that, and I won't so say shouldn't it. So shouldn't, shouldn't we hear nope. that? <laughs> yeah, shouldn't we get the chance? Nope. If we're airing grievance, if we're, if we're telling people stuff we haven't told people. Never happening. <laughs> Never. Jesus. I think that people Christ. are going to think that I'm right here. No, no, they're not. <laughs> no one is going to think and that. Again, I want to reiterate. Everyone is going to react I want the same to way. I reiterate. When it was being named, I said, look, I think you should think this through. But I feel like you're... I want to reiterate. You didn't think to yourself... What, I, what am I going to pr- break up ma- with her because she named Maybe the there's a side of my chick that I, 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 I'm not comfortable with. She's not a murderer. Are you- yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I would bet a lot of money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also the guy that be that would had dreams of owning a lion at one point in That's life. A dip, that has nothing to do with this topic. Well, maybe I got it. There's two completely unrelated know. topics. If it's just about general, it's just wildly <laughs> inappropriate. Well, people died. I am not trying to make light. You know what we don't do? There are plenty of times where a story comes along. I get that it. Would be a not wonderful. I, so John Proctor sent me one recently, <laughs> and I was like, "Look, man, I get it." Don't get me wrong. I get it. I understand why it is that this would come off mm-hmm. as a nice yeah. finish this type of story. Sure. But it ain't. Mm-hmm. People died. Yeah. You you can't. No, I get that. Th- you can't do that. Well, he was innocent, though. No. Well. Yeah. See? court of law. See? God. God. Look, what I get start. where you're coming from. What a start to the show. I man. am relieved as a whole as far as the feelings the general emotions i'm feeling mm-hmm. there's a bit of shame for my girlfriend having named the cat orenthal there should be more than a little bit of shame there should be it shouldn't be a little bit it should be a major problem it should be the type of thing that comes up every couple of weeks in your relationship like we have things in our marriage that have to be discussed every couple of weeks because they linger <laughs> over 
The look, if the cat was a jerk, Brian, I would hold Brian it Pat is as where do we go from this? I don't know, Brian. I don't know. I need to do some sponsors, but I have no idea how I'm gonna swiftly move from Kyle named his cat after no. a murderer no. to that. No, no, no. You are one degree of separation wrong here. My girlfriend. <laughs> now were you together when she got the cat? No. Well, when she first got it, I came over and it was like still it was like yeah, no, I was not together when she got the cat. You she know, had you knew her. Yeah, I knew her. You knew her? Yeah, I knew her. Okay. I so was the source you chose. No. <laughs> you chose no. to date someone no. who had named their she's cat. A, she's a great person after. for what it's worth. You keep saying that, but <laughs> yeah. this evidence is not backing that up. I feel like I gotta say that now because I'm gonna have to show her this. And if Kyle. I haven't if I haven't like backed her up and defended her by now. Kyle. Yeah, I do know. She's a great person. You keep saying this. She's a great person. You keep throwing this out there. <laughs> I, I, You're gonna it. have to present some sort of other evidence because what we got right now is a wildly inappropriate argument. She rescued him. Great! <laughs> Great! <laughs> oh, God. Well. I don't really, I don't, I don't know how to continue. I'm look. Just, I'm just being honest. If I you guys met him, if you met it's the not, cat. It's not about the cat. <laughs> the cat, this is a Medina spirit situation. The cat has done nothing wrong. The cat is an innocent victim. Maybe not the extent that Nicole and Ron were. I am not but trying an innocent to victim in all of this. Can Do we not blame the cat. These two individuals, please. I'm not sure. <laughs> I really think they deserve. There were other ones before him. All right. You keep saying that. Name one. You want name me any of them. I can't right now, but there definitely were. You'd mean to tell me. That in some 1970, Kyle, Kyle, 60... We, we know who the name the cat is named after. No. We know who the cat is named after. I'm not here to argue. You don't get to try to rewrite I'm history. not here to we argue. Know who the cat is I'm named not after. here to this argue is, where she you, heard the I name. I didn't ask you yeah. for what the name of the cat was. Yeah, this right. did, the show didn't start that Correct, way. Correct, yeah. This didn't start with me saying, what's the name of the cat? The show Correct. started with you fumbling, I was worried. fumbling through your open. Correct. And then telling and me received this, video evidence the story that, that about the cat that, that, that couldn't OJ's have gotten okay. out of the part of the part that's a that's I wouldn't do that either, pal. <laughs> I just I feel like you're not really thinking this through. I you're just you're feeling yourself in a way that you shouldn't be feeling yourself. I I am There's not there's nothing cheeky here. I am We don't even call orange juice OJ anymore. That's we as a culture we stop doing that. We don't even refer to orange juice as OJ any longer. That's Look. That's how Look, the well this is was so poisoned, it ruined our classic breakfast beverage. Look, I will, I will probably admit that I have been corrupted through knowing the cat, and now he's turned into Keep, he's like one of my favorite cats ever. It's, so one, it's wonderful. I God set, bless the cat. I was against it. I was against the name. But I feel like you could have just kept that inside what do you and mean? never told anyone. And when friends came to visit, you could lie about the name of the cat. You could say the cat's name is Paul. I'm not a liar. Today would be a good day to start. Remember the other day when when we were doing this and you were like, what do you want me to do, lie? Yes. Yes, sometimes I think it would be appropriate to lie. Like, again, when it would embarrass us, when it makes us look bad that we don't know who someone is, yeah, yeah good time to lie. Okay. Good time to say, right. oh, yeah, I absolutely know who this person is uh -huh. when it looks 
poor I hear you. on our part. Yeah, well, this is a little different. It's, yeah, it's worse. It's far worse. John from Little Rock. Great cat name. No, it's not. This is what I'm talking about. No, Brian Powell knows how bad it is. What a, what a, oh, now is. suddenly, suddenly Brian Powell is the voice of reason in this world. When Brian Powell agrees with you now... Now it's a good thing. Oh, there's plenty of times where I'll disagree with Brian Powell, but at least at least someone with a brain is willing to step in and John say, John from Little Rock no, agrees that I it's... think John might be doing shtick. Oh. I think he might be doing shtick. I don't know John to do that. There's no world in which John, an intelligent man, thinks it's a good idea I didn't for your it. cat to be named after it was a something double I was against. That's not okay. What I mean, what's next? What's the next thing you're going to name a cat? You're just going to get a, a, a slew of pets and name them? The next one's going to be... Charles Manson's Yeah, pets. correct. Yeah. He didn't... I'm, I'm not going to go any further with it. Look, God. I didn't... I was against oh, and this it. Is, this is our parakeet, Lee Harvey. I was against it. I want the record to show. Jesus. But the cat charmed my... He charmed my Doesn't, socks off. You keep trying to make this about the cat. <laughs> the cat is not the problem here. The humans are the problem. You keep trying to say, well, I can I can forgive the cat. The cat did nothing wrong. The cat has no idea what its name is. <laughs> he might, he might. I don't know. He no, might. he doesn't. You might. I'm not positive. No. I'm not positive. He, he understands. The odds are more no. no but he the, might. The odds are complete no. <laughs> they know that there's a period of noises that you make, or a, a sequence of noises that you make, <laughs> that you make regularly, <laughs> and they're addressing it, so you they think that you're, you're like, addressing it. What is a name if not a series of noises? Oh, God. <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't. Y'all, y'all want to come in do the show? <laughs> if y'all want to do it, by all means. You, I don't know where to go from here. We're gonna, we had stuff we we're gonna do. We we're gonna talk to Randy Moss. Well, we still can do that. We're gonna talk you can to, set uh, this aside. Jim Callis. I bought us time, if anything. Kyle was supposed to go. I, there were things. I had things <laughs> on the list today, Kyle. Well, check off a fifteen-minute segment, Glenn, that you didn't, didn't know we had. I didn't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> What has happened here? Oh. I, I don't really know. <laughs> I really don't know where to go from here, man. Sports. What? What? Sports. what, what like, do you tell other people? No, no, it's not like a thing. I. It's not. I don't lead with that normally. So you know better. Yeah. You. Know I was better. against it. But then why? Why did you tell? Because him? he was the topic at the time. <laughs> but again, no one asked what the name of the cat was. <laughs> you were thinking it. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Someone was going to cheekily ask, oh, what's his name? No! <laughs> Paul? You want me to say Paul? No, I was going to move on to sports topics! You want me to say Paul? That was what I was... Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I want you to call him Paul! Anything! Jesus! Jesus? That's what you want me to call him? Sure! <laughs> Jesus rolls, but not that terrible movie, because it was terrible. Woo! Oh. I finished Girls Five Eva. That was really you good. You finished it? I did last night. It was night. fast. Well, there's nothing else on. Ten episodes. Game. Yeah, something like that. I watched uh, like six of them the other night, and then I watched the rest of them last night. How did we go from twenty plus episode seasons to ten episode yeah, seasons that's, so that's, casually? That's it's it's the digital age. It's the streaming concept. I mean, like it's 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 not like you have to have something on TV every week. <sighs> so it was good. You should recommend it. <sighs> I definitely recommend it. <laughs> I recommend a few things around here. 
recommend maybe <laughs> rethinking, reevaluating your entire She's a good deal. person. Kyle. And the cat is too. Kyle. You keep saying that. And the cat is too. And I'll you, stand up for him. I'm not, no one is coming after the cat. Cancel, that hasn't happened yet. Cancel culture. And again, it's coming for I don't this I don't cat, know and your chick. Up. And maybe she's got redeeming qualities. She's but a this great is person. a pretty massive red flag, man. Well, this is going to be good for me then. How? If I have an argument, I'll be like, look at what the people think of you. <sighs> What's up everybody? <laughs> Friday edition. Glenn Clark Radio. I've learned some things today. I was against it. Great. <laughs> I would be against telling anyone. I would keep it as your deepest, darkest secret. You think? Yes. That low? Or I'd just change the name of the cat. No. Yes. I mean, I'll, try, I'll talk to her. I would talk to her. But? I would sit down and have a conversation. I would say, look, I'm not going to refer to the cat as this any longer. Well, he's OJ. That's not Kyle. There's That's not better. I don't call him the juice. You know who gets to be named OJ? OJ Brigance. You know why? My grandfather did. I get Correct. it. Correct. But there's, you think there's nobody anymore? No, Kyle, this is not about that. It's about knowing who you named the cat after. Like, again, <laughs> you keep trying to rewrite history here, bro. But you should meet him. Don't stop. Stop trying to make it about the cat. <laughs> Stop it! I really think you'd get it more. God, I would. I would. And this, if I, <clears throat> all right. Here's my suggestion. TED Talk. Moving forward. Mm-hmm. Anyone asks, you make it very clear that I was against it. No, you name the cat after OJ Brigance. Okay. You make it abundantly yeah, clear. Yeah. Any ever ever again. No, I hear you. The, at first, what I would do is not have the conversation <laughs> come up. That would be my first suggestion. Yeah. Uh-huh. Never have the conversation come yeah, up. I hear you. But if it does... Right, because it might. I would make it very clear. We named the cat uh-huh. after O.J. Brigance. Sure. To honor one of the great men in yeah. the history of our city. I understand. I would have a conversation with with um, your, your I don't want to get into the details. I would sit down with her. About why this won't work. And s- That's a big problem. I don't want to... You, if she doesn't grasp why this isn't good, that's not good. There's a lot of things no. over the years. There was a word that a lot of us used to use back in the day. I, it started with the, the letter R. It's I, a word yeah, I to describe a certain type of people. I get it. My wife, because she lives in a world in a vacuum, did not understand that we don't use that word any longer. Uh-huh. And so I had to have the conversation. Have we with officially, her. as a country, come to that conclusion with this? With, with, with OJ? Yes. <laughs> yes. There aren't other pets named OJ. Jenna, I disagree with you there. I would bet you money. You don't want to know those people, Kyle. Well, you don't want to know them. Well, well that's rude because she's a great person. Oh, God. Stop. Stop. I'm serious. Sit down tonight. Say, I want to have a conversation. I'll play her at the beginning 20 minutes of the show this morning. so easy. Yeah. O.J. Brigance. We named the cat after O.J. Brigance. It's an honor that we bestowed (laughs) upon. You think it's a wonderful cat. God bless. It's a a wonderful cat. cat. We named the cat after O.J. Brigance. Look, I'm happy to report he's okay. 
We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. <laughs> Paul from Ovilando is messaging me about other Oh, this ain't great. Tumnus says Kyle's cat has a great name. <laughs> no, Tumnus. <laughs> That's it's bad on all accounts. On all accounts. <laughs> really bad. On all accounts. <laughs> it reflects poorly on you. I think it actually reflects more poorly on that situation. <laughs> Tom, this, I love you. I'm glad you're checking in this morning. I appreciate that. We miss you. Come by them one day. Come hang out with us. Woo! Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. So, yeah, it's Preakness Friday. It's Black Eyed Susan Day at Pimlico. Um, that'll be uh, later on this afternoon. The Orioles back in action against the... I'm trying to breathe again. I am really just trying to get the blood flowing again. This is not good for my vasovagal syncope there, chief. God, I'm glad I didn't have a seizure. Um, What was I doing here? What was I, where was my head at? Oh, yeah, the Orioles open up a series of the Yankees tonight. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I had a lot of people message me that said, at what point is it time for the Orioles to make a move for the sake of making a move unrelated to injury? I got this me- I'm trying to pull this up. I got this message from Dave the other day. He said, at what point is it time for the Orioles to finally bring up a second baseman specifically? At what point? The- I, I guess my, my answer would be, Dave, who? Like, who? Who are they bringing up? I mean, the argument of making a production-related move, I get. Keep in mind, there's only been a week and a half worth of minor league baseball to begin with. Well, I mean, and like, I mean, I Vavra guess. is the guy, I suppose, that would be, in theory, if you were... Grenier's going to play a better defense. You know that much. But it... I mean, he'd play short. You could slide I, over... Oh, I assume that he could play know, second, 100%. You could slide over... Was it Urias? Ramon Urias? What's Ramon? Yes. Urias. Not, it's not Julio. He's the pitcher in, the, in L.A. I'm aware. It's, yeah. it's Are Urias you sure? is the name. Yes, Urias. Yes, Urias. Um, I'm not... I actually genuinely am not You know, uh, stand to reason if you could play a shortstop at a slightly sub replacement level then you could play second base at maybe an average right, level but, but Grenier's not a hitter no and I get like, that if the point is if the point of replacing Rio Ruiz is he's hitting well, one Wilkerson is the guy that we might play second right I guess like I I guess is he really a second baseman no nobody is right could he here that's fine fine here yes there are actual second basemen <laughs> somewhere um like if you want to do it for the sake of doing it Fine. Like you're not going to go and do the Manny Machado thing where you call up Gunnar Henderson. No, well, Gunnar Henderson's not even. But like, if he were to continue hitting at this rate right now, and absolutely raking, and just you know, extra base hits all over, and then come July, like, well, at some point, I'm not saying Gunnar Henderson can't be here. Of course, at some point, Gunnar Henderson can be here. But he's at he's, he's not at even Aberdeen at, right yeah, now. I was going to say he's not even. Right. At, I'm not even. I gotta be honest. With you, I think he's at Delmarva right now. I think he actually might be. Yeah, I mean, like this is insane. I hear you. Well, he's probably if he keeps it this rate, then maybe well, he'll go to Aberdeen. Yes, that's normally the next step after Delmarva. <laughs> it would be a good time to go to Aberdeen and watch Grayson Groot. He might be at Bowie by then. Yeah, by then he might yeah. very well be at Bowie. I don't know. 
Um, this is not a. I, I, I get it. There's nobody that's just waiting in the wings to be called like, up and I'm, produce I, immediately by I, any. Stretch. I hear the argument for saying, I, I, th- this is a tricky thing. I, I, I'll say this is why it's tricky for me because again, I don't care about the results. I've made that very clear. The results are irrelevant to me. I, I'm in no ways moved by results. If there was a young player who I thought maybe it's time to take a look, I would be more inclined. Bring up Stevie Wilkerson, who's not even a second baseman, to play second base just for the sake of having someone else play second base. What's Steve Pierce doing? He's retired. <laughs> He's no longer in baseball. Well, you might as well sign him. Uh, sure. I'm unmoved by it. You want to do it? Great. You don't do it? Don't care. I, I get it. You, you shouldn't have somebody in your lineup every day who's hitting 161. I completely understand the argument for uh, Rio Ruiz is not good enough to be a major league hitter. But at least sure. he plays that incredible yes, second base. Yes, at least he's an unbelievable <laughs> second baseman. I certainly understand that argument. There is there and is. You maybe just there. should because, right, Wilkerson couldn't be worse. I But I'm just unmoved. Sure. Sure, bring up Stevie Wilkerson. I'm unmoved by it. I'm not saying I you're going to be moved by I it. I just don't. I don't need to see more of Stevie. But Wilkerson. is it an obligation for the team? I don't think so. It's not an obligation. But if you're butchering everything, like what is he doing well? No, nothing. I'm not. Trust me. There's no defense of Rio Ruiz. This is more a statement about what it is that you're trying to do. But then you would be you, saying you made that, like, Rio Ruiz your second baseman when he was unqualified to begin with. I still think this is something like a look. It's not. This is very much apples to oranges. But in the same way that people are upset about the idea that Tim Tebow would be getting an opportunity over somebody else, no, it's, you know, it's, it's not it's, even remotely. I understand. It's very different. But the idea that well, this isn't working. You should be giving that. You should give somebody else a chance to see if they could do something, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I hear you. I'm not, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying I don't. It care. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme I, of things. If, if There's we gonna be were no talking impact. about a prospect, who I hear you. It felt if like even Taron Vavra had a conversation yes. where you were like, "All right, let's call him I, up." I'd, 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 I'd be willing to listen to that argument. We're talking about Stevie Wilkerson, and that's with no offense to Stevie Wilkerson, who is a very good guy. And so that sounds like a name from a '60s sitcom. It still. does. In some ways, like, you're absolutely right. I just can't get worked up about it. I can't have a strong opinion about whether or not Stevie Wilkerson should be in Baltimore. I couldn't possibly. You want to do it? By all means, do it. You want to say? I think they go get Rio, a Dino. Yeah, sure. Rio Ruiz also no longer in baseball. But that's Rio, the point. He's I, available. Stop. Rio Ruiz doesn't deserve to be on a major league team. Fine. I'm, nobody is. Go- what possible fight could there be about that? What possible argument could someone make to the point that Rio Ruiz is undeserving of a major league roster spot? There would be no argument. But this is the part of this that I, I, I think we still get lost from. I got a response back um, from uh, our buddy, our buddy uh, Justin Labor. Justin Labor. Uh, uh, reached out to me yesterday in response to what I had written about John Means and said, I am. I, I, I wrote earlier in the week about uh, John Means at PressBoxOnline.com, and I'd said, are you really in for a rebuild, or were you saying that you were in for a rebuild just up until the point where, like, it got difficult? And he said, I'm fully in on this rebuild, but as uh, Zach from the Bataround said, uh, isn't the point of a rebuild to find a John Means. And I, I agree with that, but it still has to line up. You still have to make decisions. And right now, you're not the results. This is not the results portion. And and, and because they won a handful of games in April and it made us feel like 
this was like normal baseball for a second doesn't suddenly mean that in May the results of the games are what matters. They're and not. That, and that like the idea that isn't the point to find a John Means. Well, it's that's, like, well, yeah, that's a different conversation. I'll, I'll come back to that right. at some point. In fact, remind me. I'll come back to that after we talk to Randy Moss. All right, I'll, I'll get back to that part of the con- But I'm talking more about the idea. I think sometimes when baseball starts again, we forget that what's going on here isn't based in wins and losses. It, it's not. It, it matters in other places. It matters in New York, and it matters in um, Tampa, and it matters in... But it, wins and losses aren't what matters in Baltimore, and that's a tough thing because we want to feel like other places do. But if you really are in on what they're doing here, you have to accept that. You've got to understand results are irrelevant until proven otherwise. All right, uh, tomorrow, Preakness, 146, at Pimlico, joining us now. He, of course, will be part of the coverage for NBC. Always a pleasure to welcome back to the program our friend, Mr. Randy Moss, who's with us on GCR. Randy, it's Glenn and Kyle. Really appreciate you squeezing us in this morning. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Sure. Uh, Results are very relevant in horse racing, especially post-race testing results, which we've learned uh, with an exclamation point in the last couple of weeks. Have we gotten the, uh, the, the blood test results back yet, Randy? There have been three uh, three sets of, uh, of blood tests that have been done on on all of Baffert's horses, all all three of them, including Medina Spirit and Concert Tour. Uh, the first one came back clean. The other two, uh, they uh, supposedly have the results, and they're going to uh, release them publicly by 3 p.m. this afternoon, well in advance of. The black-eyed Susan Baffert has a horse. It, it would a beautiful gift running in the black-eyed Susan. It would seem as though if there was a bad result, we would probably know about that by now, right? Like, wouldn't wouldn't? I, yes, I think you're. Okay. I think that is a, a a very logical assumption. It's also a very. It would have leaked out probably. It's That's, also a logical assumption that um, if the horse tested cleanly in the first of three rounds, it's very unlikely. That uh, that there would be a negative test on the next two. So I guess the other here's the other question: What does this mean for if if the blood tests come back this way? What can that tell us about the test from last week, if anything? Probably nothing. Okay. Um, you know, th- there's there's so many different layers to this. I mean, we could spend thirty minutes talking about this and. And we're actually, Mike Tirico, Jerry Bailey, and myself, we're going to tape something tonight to be put online, uh, extensive talk about this uh, that's going to be posted digitally. There's just no time to do it on a, on a, a TV telecast. But I, I guess the Cliff's Notes versions, I would say, would be this. Number one, uh, there were rules for the Kentucky Derby that everyone knew about. All the trainers in the Derby were well aware of the uh, extra-sensitive testing that's done on these horses. They knew the withdrawal times for every medication. Uh, they knew that any amount of beta-methasone in a horse's system would trigger a positive test that would then, according to the rules of Kentucky, uh, result in an almost certain disqualification. And as far as we know, only um, Medina Spirit and Bob Baffert uh, came in over those rules, okay, uh, which has caused a great deal of puzzlement among other people in the industry. I've spoken to probably two dozen leading trainers in the country and asked mm-hmm. them what they thought about this. 
and to a man, they're like, we're confused. I mean, with with the history that Baffert has had recently in the past year of medication overages, um, it, it defies belief that he would push the envelope in the Kentucky Derby. Um, that's that's something that's still sort of out there that uh, we don't have a concrete, uh, really concrete answer for yet. The second part of this that I think needs to be mentioned is that there is there are some false assumptions out there in the in the general public about this situation. People are trying to equate this to like some you know doping ring like Balco in baseball mm-hmm. or the Lance Armstrong and the U.S. cycling team or something like that. I mean, there is a drug problem in horse racing that was exposed with the federal indictments a year ago of trainers Jason Service and Jorge Navarro. You know, there are, I don't think it's widespread, but there are trainers, clearly, anybody who handicaps horses um, religiously, like like I do, you know, well aware that there are certain trainers who certainly appear to be using substances uh, to stimulate horses that avoid post-race detection. This is not one of those situations. This is a therapeutic medication, and obviously seemingly uh, a trainer that just likely gave it a little tried to skirt the line a little too closely and came up with an overage an overage by the way that was 21 picograms which is 21 trillionths of a gram and i've talked to what i consider to be the two most respected veterinarians in america who told me that that amount had zero impact on the way Medina Spirit performed in the Kentucky Derby. So he's really the biggest victim here, the horse, because people, sure. some people in Mar-a-Lago especially, are calling him a junkie. Yeah, I've, I read that somewhere this week. That's a really bizarre, yeah. but that's, you know, par for the course. Anyway, um, Randy, with that being said, right, it, you, you're you someone who's very attached to this sport. You care about this sport a great deal, and you know what this has done. You guys, I, I, tomorrow on NBC, you're going to have to talk about this and the build to, you know, arguably huh. the, the second most important day of racing. It, is it okay for Medina Spirit to be running in this race with all of this, you know, sort of lingering over the actual running of the Preakness? Well, look, just, just like rules are rules for the horsemen, um, rules are rules for racetracks and for racing regulators, uh, for racing commissions, et cetera. Um, and one of those rules is the rule of due process. And right now, as we speak, they're the second split sample um, for Medina Spirit post-race test it has not yet been processed and the results have not been released. Medina Spirit has not been officially disqualified from the Kentucky Derby. And to be honest with you, we may be sitting here next year. That still may be in court. Uh, Bob Baffert has not been suspended. So legally, due process, there was no justification sure. legally could, for Pimlico to exclude the horse uh, from entry. Randy, Furthermore, could I ask it the other way? Could, could there be, and I've, and I've posed this a couple times to people, knowing that Bob Baffert is a steward for the sport, should it have gone the other way? Should he and his team have said, we're not going to do this to you guys? 
I think that's why Bob is not here because he does he doesn't want to be more of a distraction than he already is. But Bob, number one, I'm, and I haven't spoken to him. Um, he's not really talking about yep. things like this now, which is probably a good idea. I think his lawyer advised him uh, to stop talking about it. But um, I think he doesn't want to penalize the owner of the horse. He doesn't want to penalize the horse himself and the legacy of the horse himself, who is a, just a gutsy, hard-trying colt that unfortunately, I mean, it, it would have been one of the best feel-good Kentucky Derby stories of the last 20 years that's morphed into a feel-bad story. Yep. So I, I think that's why Bob wants to run the horse in the Preakness. It's got nothing to do with personal prestige. It's got nothing to do with the money. Um, he just wants it for the owner and for the horse. Randy Moss, of course, NBC's coverage of the Preakness tomorrow throughout the day. Randy, I, you know, as far as the race itself is concerned, on paper, I would think that a very fast horse that runs well from up front would be suited to run really well in a shorter Preakness. And I get we still need to figure out the two-week turnaround and all the things we talk about every year. But on paper, is there any reason to not think Medina Spirit is well-suited to run the Preakness? Well, he may, he may win the Preakness, but... Uh, yeah, there are reasons to logically, from a handicapping perspective, expect him to have much more of a challenge at Pimlico than he did at Churchill Downs. Okay. Okay. Uh, first of all, the way the race was run at Churchill Downs uh, was hugely to his benefit. There were two other speed horses that were expected to go out there up on the pace um, who collided with each other coming out of the starting gate. Midnight Bourbon and Rock Your World. Yep. Consequently, uh, Medina Spirit was able to set the pace, and not just set the pace, but according to the analytics, uh, set a pace that was the softest pace in the Kentucky Derby in the past decade. So that certainly played into the, uh, the determination and the energy that Medina Spirit had in holding off Mandaloon for the last quarter of a mile, he was conserving energy for the first part of the race. Now, he doesn't have to have the lead. He's shown that he can run well from off the pace before, but he's very unlikely to have that advantage at Pimlico. I think he's even unlikely to be on the lead. Baffert's other horse, Concert Tour, is probably more likely to set the pace in the Preakness, and Medina Spirit will probably have to sit just a little bit off the pace. The second thing is that, I mean, yeah, we see core horses every year that, you know, that win the Kentucky Derby, run well in the Kentucky Derby, come back and run well in the Preakness. Another challenge in this case, it was a gut-wrenching race for Medina Spirit. He fought so hard uh, for the last three-eighths of a mile. Sure. He's not a big horse. He's a fairly small horse. How much did that take out of him now coming back in two weeks? That's a that's a legitimate question as well. So where are we finding money then tomorrow? Where Where's the value for tomorrow? I like, I think the value, uh, and he is what they call a wise guy horse, so it's not going to be huge value, but Midnight Bourbon, the horse that I mentioned that was, mm -hmm. uh, yep. they got into the co collision leaving the starting gate. Um, I think he is, is set up uh, to run a really good race in the Preakness. I mean, he was completely taken out of his game at the start of the Derby, and not only that, he raced wide around both turns, especially the second turn. Uh, his sixth place finish with everything taken into consideration was a pretty damn good race. 
So if he gets a better start out of the gate, which he always has in the past, uh, I would expect him to be just sitting second right outside of Concert Tour, um, maybe third behind Concert Tour and Medina Spirit. Um, he looks great, training great. That derby didn't seem to take a lot out of him. So he'll be 5-1 to one or so. I think he's got a great shot to win. Anybody else that we should be thinking about going into tomorrow? Uh, it, you know, if, if, if you want to take a flyer, uh, maybe a little to win, but also in the bottom of your trifectas and superfectas and things like that, uh, risk-taking, the stretch runner uh, of the two trained by Chad Brown um, is coming into the race. Uh, really well. He had a dull race last time out in the Wood Memorial, uh, but he's training exceptionally well. And if the pace is fast enough up front, um, he could certainly be in the mix uh, at the finish. Uh, of course, tomorrow throughout the day on NBC and on Twitter at Randy underscore Moss underscore TV. Randy, know it's a busy day for you. Thank you so much for squeezing us in. Enjoy your time here in Baltimore, as always, my friend. Oh, as always, I will. Thank Take you, sir. Care. Randy Moss checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. Yeah, I'm, my money's going to Midnight Bourbon too. So I, I don't. I, I wish there was less in, less interest in Midnight Bourbon, frankly, because that's where my money is headed tomorrow. And I got a funny feeling that's going to continue to be bet down further and further. Sounds like you might need a hand I mean, instead I, of a fifth. Huh? <laughs> ha! Nice. Wow! Nailed it! Nailed it! Um, although I admit it, I guess it doesn't impact me because I did. I put my first bet in tomorrow. I, I, the problem is at some point tomorrow. How'd you do Monday? Uh, did not hit the uh, trifecta. Okay. That did not hit. Did hit the um or the parlay, I guess yeah, if yeah. you want. We just happened to do a three leg parlay, so I called it a trifecta. And maybe that's what it technically is called. I don't know. No, I it's don't. in horse racing, you know. But uh, we did not hit the parlay. But the other one that we put the rest of the hundred fifty on did that over did hit. So you made a net. So I oh yeah net yeah. the net was was good it good, was yeah. not money like, you didn't have yeah yes it was not overwhelming it I have almost made up all of the money that I lost the first round of betting with Jeremy nice and again when I say betting with Jeremy it was my mm -hmm. own choices and I screwed it all up Correct. not Jeremy's fault whatsoever don't blame the cat if you will no I don't know <laughs> not, not about. the cat's fault what do you mean it's a good cat <laughs> not Jeremy's fault it was my fault. Um, so I've almost made all of that money back over the last two weeks. Almost. Not quite, but almost made all of it back over the last two weeks, which is nice. All right, I, I'm going to respond more to what uh, Justin said to me yesterday when we come back in. And then uh, Jim Callis is going to join us at the top of the hour for our first weekly MLB draft segment. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The annual MIAA Lacrosse Championships are coming live to Anne Arundel County for the first time ever. The MIAA Lacrosse Championships feature some of the nation's top lacrosse programs as well as the future stars of the game. Join us Tuesday, May 18th and Friday, May 21st at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. Tickets are on sale now. To learn more, go to MIAAChampionships.com. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. 
Hey, this is your guy, Chris Rulin from Great Eights Memorabilia, coming to you to talk about Baltimore Celeb Fest. 50 wrestlers at Benfield Sports Center on Saturday, May 15th from 11 till 3. We will be there with the Great Eights stable with the Murder Hawk Monster, Lance Archer, the Machine, Brian Cage, the beautiful people, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, Matt Seidel, Flip Gordon, Tessa Blanchard, Diamante. You can meet all eight of them for only 200 bucks. All the details at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. It's GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Also, we have great private signings coming up with John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolden, Jonathan Ogden, and more. That's GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Remember, be great. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover luke jackson profiles top orioles pitcher john means and the role new pitching coach chris holt is taken with means and the entire organization inside matt kremnitzer reflects on nick markakis's career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Just, just change it, okay? Just trust me on this. <laughs> A lot of things you don't trust me on. That's fine. I'll live. This one. Speaking of. Take your old pal Glenn's advice. Speaking of. What? Kyle in the kitchen today. Yeah. Did you do the korma? No. Oh. Carolina barbecue. <laughs> Why did you tease korma? chicken. Why did you tease korma yesterday? I feel like everyone was going to be upset about, oh, you just bought this store-bought product and okay. poured it into a pan. You this is did. your segment. So I wanted to up the ante a little. Okay. If you say so. so I did a little bit of a, I did use a crock pot, so. but you know, everyone's got one of those. Today's show brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 
Right now, you can give them a call at C3-410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for your free analysis. Don't. I. Some of you are either doing bad shtick or you need to get a hold of yourself. I think I told you. I told no. you the response was going to be. No, no. I, some of what. You, Tom, this is not someone you want in your camp. Well, we've had a lot of issues. Suddenly, you're happy about Brian Powell being yours. I'm, I'm, if if he <laughs> if he understands, don't name your cat after a murderer. <laughs> it's not what you do. That's not okay. Never will be. Just, just put an eye in there, and it was OJ Brigance all along. Okay, just do it. Make it very clear. Baby, I trust you on a lot of things. This one, you're going to need to trust me on. You should meet him, though. No, shut up. Stop trying to make it about the cat. <laughs> um, I was saying, in response to Justin Labore, and, 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 I, and I got his point. So our buddy Justin Labore responded to my column yesterday um, and pointed out. And I, by the way, I use this term in the column because I've heard it from a lot of people. Isn't the point of a rebuild to find the John Means? Apparently, it was something our buddy Zach said on the bat around last week. I, a lot of people have used that term. I believe, frankly, it was sort of what Jim Palmer was saying when well, we talked to Jim Palmer. That this week. is the guy. This right. is the level of pitcher you're praying something would become. And and as I said back, I, to some extent, it is. This current iteration is. To some extent, the point of a rebuild is to find players like John Means. To some extent, but that's that's where it has to meet the second part of it, and that's the part that we struggle with that we can't. We all we want to do right now is find hope and find success. It's the winning replacement theory that we're not willing to look at the big picture. We can't separate ourselves emotionally. Understand that this is sort of well, it's, a game of gambles to an extent. Kind, kind of. That's a little bit. But the evaluation all, of it. The timeline is the part that met. Agreed. He's twenty-eight, only, and you have to find the player, but you have to find the player to fit within your own timeline. If you were twenty-four years old pitching to a one-one. Five ERA. Well, with four years of team control left, maybe I think we would be wa- we would, would be much more inclined. I would be fighting, you, saying this fine. is what you're hoping. You're this is what you're but hoping. You still have to have the conversation about whether or not you're going to extend the player. I don't, or disagree. if you're going to end up competing. For, this is but that's a, that's the other a, part of it. Is the part that no one wants to talk about. You have to figure out what your timeline is. That's the that's the Manny Machado thing. The Manny Machado thing was that a franchise never determined what their timeline was for winning a World Series. I still think there's... They, they, the play, they played along with the idea of just being good enough is good enough. And it was never good enough. Well, paying Manny Machado would have always been the preferable route. Of course it and would so, be. And so, like, but I, you, I am of the... I don't know whether the Orioles are intending to be the Rays, right? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Maybe. they haven't. But they, I mean, there's like, been no indication that that's the plan, no, right? not at all. So... They're going to have to pay the guys at some point. And so I am. Who are they going to pay? This is where the means thing and the unique nature of him being 28 factors in for me. If this was a 24 year old. Yes, it's easier to say that this is the guy that you're supposed to pay. Of course, he's going to be good over the length of that contract. This is. These are the players and you're trying to the develop. the flip side argument is, if you're on the fence about it a little bit because of the age specifically, the best way to go about handling that is to buy out the arbitration years now and try to do a five-year deal. Say, hey, we're not going to give you a long-term deal, but we're gonna, we already got you for three. We're going to tack two more on, buy out your arbitration years, and try to do something that's more favorable to us I get it. that gets I, I you a little bit more money. That would still probably... Would that make him a more or less or just the same as far as appeal for trade assets concerned? 
Well, he's going to get paid in arbitration one way or the other. I get that. So it's not going to drastically change. It's not drastically going to change. I agree. The way I that someone else would view. Inle- I mean, John I, means. I tend to agree, unless you're really paying. Him. Like, like it, unless you're. Well, you're gonna. It's not like you're not going to pay him. But the point being, like, but if the, you're getting a five-year deal, it, what is it? One fifty. It. I think that you could probably get it on a, on a a little bit less than that, only because there's the risk on the other side for the player. Are you talking ninety? <sighs> I was thinking more around the rent line, the, the neighborhood of 100. That was the number that was coming to mind. And I'm not... I, I get it. This I'm, is all purely just, speculative. Right. But my point being, any team that acquires John Means knows they're going to have to pay him an arbitration. Now, they might say, we're not well, well, intending and, to give him a contract And that's not that. always a... Arbitration is what it is, right? You're paying them it's, it's the not, fair value. You're not going to get you're not going to get like raked over the coals. No, he's, in not, arbitration. he's not likely to get $20 million right. in arbitration. But he might get... 14. But as a team, if you're saying, okay, three years of him getting 14, that's very appealing. More so than five, five at 100, perhaps, depending on. You're talking about a very small number of teams. The difference in this. I get that. that It's It's not going to scare anybody off if you were to sign him for that deal. It's it's extraordinarily unlikely that a team that would be willing to give you a haul for John Means. And by the way, if you're doing this, it's because you're not trading him. So what is the point? That'd be great. DL yeah, and, and another one. Another hall. Great yeah. point. Well, it wasn't. There's Adam Hall still, so it could <laughs> three. be three halls. Really, we're decking the halls wow. here in, in Baltimore. Um, the point being, if you're doing this, it's because you're not trading him. That's if you're doing the buying out the arbitration thing. It's because you've decided. Well, well this, it doesn't. This is our window. That's what it decided. doesn't really fit long term. But well, we, we think want that the, to extend the notion of this only being a three-year window is kind of treacherous. We don't know how we feel about that. But we really do feel like right. five years is the answer. So let's go ahead and do it. The point, the, the point that I made in the column was you've got to identify that. You have to figure it out. And that's difficult. It's treacherous because you still don't know how certain guys are going to pan out. You still don't know how long it might take for certain players within your system to end up, or if they ever will. I look, I, but at I some am point, of the, internally, they're lacking. Are, like, they are lacking in certain regards. Of course. But, I think that at the timeline of all this, like, I wouldn't be, I really do think if they felt positionally their roster was ready, that D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez could be effective major leaguers next year. I do think that. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it links up with the timeline, though. Well, I mean, I and I don't I, mean, I, I don't think Adley for the start of there, next year by all at, at, by any stretch of imagination. But I mean, I mean more. But I'd be stunned if DL Hall wasn't a major leader I don't at some mean, point next season. I don't mean ready to be called up and take lumps. Right. I mean ready to be called up and be effective I mean, starters. I, I, I don't I don't know that DL Hall won't be able to be an effective starter the moment that he gets here. So like but the idea, the argument that but, you but, hold on to John Means because you're closer than you think and all that, like the pitching side of it is something I could I could entertain. Mm-hmm. It's just that the the lineup itself, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know where I'm at with that. They have the holes in the middle of the infield is glaring. Yep. I mean, I get Adley coming up, figures to make you feel a whole lot better about you know, certain things. Yep. But they are still just an assortment of pieces. Now, Mullins, we are crossing fingers and hoping I mean, this is hope, just who right? he is, right? And We hope. And but he's, 
But Got a lot of things to like, and I'm not gonna. I I am counting Cedric Mullins as a piece that you can feel good about. Yeah, I'm not. I I can't. I, I need it. more. It I need more in order to be able to do that. I can't. But for I, what he provides defensively, he I, could be performing I'm not worse saying offensively. Cedric, Cedric Mullins, I think, has proven himself to be a a competent major league baseball player. I think there's a difference between that and a guy that's going to be I get it. a piece of the, a of centerpiece all of for a a a team that competes to win a World Series. I get it. I am. You know, every day that goes by, you feel better about him, it feels like. Sure. I mean, the more yes. you can continue to just be this, then... Yes. But I, 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 a guy, again... I get it. I'm jumping the gun to an correct. extent. You're definitely jumping the gun. I'm aware, but... You this know, is not a, but this is not me going but war this on is in, This is in the universe where I'm trying to squint and turn I, this team into something that's ready to you, compete. And I still don't think that the roster, the one through nine aspect, the lineup of but, it, but the, the point and Mount Castle will obviously always, be like, the, it will always come back to you have to identify your timeline. But that's the point. When like, will you spend money? When will you go all in? The, this is the where the Orioles means thing the is. last time through decided that they were never going to go all in. They were just going to be willing, and I kept hearing it from people, well, it's more fun to be competitive than it's not. I, for the people that have to be there every day, that's true. If you have to go to the ballpark every day, mm-hmm. you'd rather be there and being competitive. In the world of trying to win a championship, that has not proven to be the case. Being just good enough makes you just good enough. Sure. This notion that we, well, if you just get into the, you've got a chance if you just get in. Kinda, not really. You got a chance if you got a team that has enough pitching to win a World Series. And that's sort of where I'm con- you conflicted can, in the means discussion is, look, he's an ace right now. There's no argument against yes, it. He's pitching course. as the best baseball pitcher there is. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Never saw it coming. Nobody's debating any of that. Um, if I think Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall have the potential of being aces, right? Maybe, if we think yeah, they're I mean, ceiling, they're ceiling, yeah, right? It's a tough. I get it. We I'm have not, had a lot of times through the years where the Orioles have had pitchers in their system where you're like probably not top of the rotation still. Like we like them, but chances and, like, and frankly, the more people that you talk to, the more they say, "I'm not, I'm not giving you that." I think with Grayson Rodriguez, you get it already. People are pretty much saying it about Grayson. Not an ace. That they think that he's a surefire major league pitcher. And I uh, think I, from what I've seen, both of these guys have number one, number two they, potential. They, uh, now, you're splitting hairs when you're talking about what's the difference and how are you to like if you have. I mean, D.L. Hall's showing the potential to throw three to four, both of them are showing the potential to throw three to four pitches that are at least flashing plus on top of I understand. a devastating fastball. Now, all that aside, I understand right? All if those two are potentially top of the rotation arms and you have the opportunity to like add to your system in a John Means deal, What's more valuable, well, that's a, the that's idea that John Means is currently one of the best pitchers in baseball or the idea that you can... You, you keep getting away from the point that, I'm, that I've tried to make. You have your own points that you're trying to make, and that's fine. You're still not... The point is the timeline. The point is you have to identify a time. But that, I think the timeline the, is... John Means is not linking up with the timeline right now, I don't right? know that. It depends on the decisions that you're going to make internally. If you're willing to spend money, if they get there, if they get to the place where they can be competitive... Within two years. And then you say, I'll spend the money to make up the difference between competitive. If if that is, I have to spend to add one more pitcher by the time we get to whatever it is. Right, yeah, I hear you. If that's the difference, is that you say, we will internally say, 
This is the year. The year is 2024. We are, come hell or high water, competing for a World Series in 2024. I still wouldn't sure. just hang on to John Means for the sake of doing it. I would like to think that, that means that you would, again, try to buy out some arbitration years and give yourself two more years. But if you are saying, come hell or high water, we'll do this, then okay. I'll listen to it. But it's got to be a plan, a come hell or high water plan, which it never was with Manny Machado. At no point did you say, we are going to put all of our eggs in a basket to win a World Series. The Nelson Cruz and Ubaldo one was That was 2014. Thing. He was up still. He Machado was up, was... but this wasn't the tail end. They went through that and then did nothing. They still had three years that they could have dealt Manny Machado at his highest value and instead said, we're going to hold on to him and not try to win a World Series. I get that. I you think that you could, you could say that when that. they were doing the initial signings in 2014, they would say... But literally after the 2014 season, they didn't sign any of those guys, and they held on to Manny Machado. The time was then. Sure. The time the trade Manny Machado was after the 2014 season when you decided not to bring back Nelson Cruz and not to bring back Andrew Miller and not to bring back Nick Markakis. That was the time. If you were not going to go all in to win a World Series, you had your answer. Would have sucked, would have been painful, but you would have never had an asset with more value. That's what you have to think about. What's your timeline for competing to win a World Series? And that's where the John Means conversation becomes relevant. Don't forget, tomorrow in Millersville, Baltimore Celeb Fest, and all sorts of professional wrestling superstars of today and all time will be in attendance, including some current AEW stars like Lance Archer and Matt Seidel and Diamante and Brian Cage, who are part of the Great Eights stable, and you can meet all eight of these current pro wrestling superstars tomorrow. Pictures and autographs are just 200 bucks. Got to go right now to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Again, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's tomorrow, 11 to 3 for Baltimore Celeb Fest in Millersville. On top of that, Great Eights has private signings coming up with Joe Flacco, Anquan Bolden, Chris McAllister, Jonathan Ogden, and more. All of those details available at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. And Tucker Fest is on the way, June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. Justin Tucker will be there, live music throughout the day, as well as Dunk Tank, Cornhole Tournament, so much happening June 27th for Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Again, the number eight great8smemorabilia.com to find out more. We're going to be doing this uh, every week moving forward. We finished our weekly NFL draft segments, and so now we start our weekly MLB draft segments as the Orioles have the fifth pick in this year's draft. To kick it off, um, always a pleasure to chat with our next guest, who's been great to us over the years. Of course, MLB Pipeline, MLB.com, MLB Network, all of the MLBs. That's where you find Jim Callis, who's with us now on GCR. Jim, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's always great to chat with you, sir. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us, as always. Oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. Just uh, It's funny, the draft is pushed back a, a month this year, but I'm still I'm still in full draft mode in, in mid-May. And so uh, it's, I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in June. Um, I, I may be going to be a weird world for you, right. For the draft, right. But, 
I'm, I'm ready to go. I, and I debated whether we should kick this off now or not, but heck, the Orioles still have a top five pick this year. There's still a lot of intrigue. We're going to do this. We're going to do it every week. And so, by the way, we'll be calling you again before. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. You sound like me talking to all the scouts I talk to, where I, I, I'll be talking to them like an extra time this year because we yeah, have an right. extra month. No, no problem at all. It. No doubt. Jim, before, I, before we do that, if you could, we just had this conversation about uh, what the Orioles have in John Means and this unbelievable – um, story of a guy that nobody thought of as being this guy becoming one of the top pitchers in baseball. And I get it's still a small sample size for that. But there's there's one side which is, well, this is what you're looking for. There's this guy. The other side where you say, well, this is the greatest asset you might ever have in terms of a rebuild and what you might be able to get in a trade. And to me, the conversation is centered around what's your timeline as a franchise? When Will these guys be here to start competing for, like, winning a World Series? Because if it doesn't line up with the three years that you got John Means, as great as John Means is, I, I think you got your answer if you're not planning on signing him. What's yeah, but, you know, it's funny because, like, you, 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 it's, I had not heard this argument with the draft before, but there are people in baseball telling me, oh, the Pirates shouldn't take a college guy because they're so bad. We've talked about this, yeah. And, and those guys are going to be ready quick. And they're going to be ready before you're ready to win. And my point is, you, you like, like for John, it's a little different because I think he becomes a free agent. But it, see, he doesn't become a free agent until after 2025, right? Uh, it's the I think it's 24. I think it's three. Yeah, three more. Yeah, three more years after this season. Twenty after the 24 season. Exactly. Yeah. So you I mean you have him for three more years? I mean, I, I would submit, like, you may not be ready to win a World Series, but as you try to get back to respectability and contention, like. If you aren't going to be respectable by 2024 or, or have a shot at a wild card by 2024, like I think even Mike Elias would tell you, like he'd be disappointed if that were the I, case. I, so, I don't, I don't disagree, but that smells like the Manny Machado thing to me, uh, Jim. Like it smells like the. It's nice to have the well, player, and it's it's nice to compete, but it's more important to try to win a World Series at some point. Yeah. And if the answer is. John Means helps you win a wild card, and then he just disappears. What? I don't really well, know what but, the point is. Here's what I was going to say. Like, here's where they script with Manny Machado is: you don't wait until the trade deadline to trade Manny Machado. Like, like they, they if you're going to trade Manny Machado, and you look, you knew they weren't going to be good that year. Yep. You trade Manny Machado in the off season when teams have more flexibility. You know, they can take on a co- big contract more easily. They can. If they give up pieces, go fill them in another manner. You know, when you trade guy, you know, when you're trading in the middle of the season, you're eliminating teams that have fallen out of contention. You're eliminating teams that don't want to take on his contract. You're, you know, you're Agreed. giving yourself fewer yeah. options. So to me, if you're going to trade Manny Machado, which I think was the right thing to do, you should trade Manny Machado that off season when you had would have had more teams in place. So all I was going to say is what John means. I mean, yes, if if somebody came to you today and said, "Hey, we're going to give you three top 100 prospects for John Means," I'd say, "Boom, do it." Because you know, as great a story as John Means is, and look, he's much better than we thought he was going to be. He's much better, I'm sure, than the Orioles thought he was going to be, or, or scouts and other organizations thought he was going to be. Yep. I'm not completely sold that he's, you know, going to have a one-two. I mean, he's not going to have a one-two-one ERA, but he's leading the, the American League in ERA. He's undefeated. I, you know, I think he's probably pitching over his head. So, like, yes, if somebody gave me an offer that blew me away, I would trade him. But, but what I would say is. Why not hold on to John Means for a couple of years? And I get that. I, I get and, and you know, like when we get to two, like we get to 2023, and, and you know, and you've got a couple of years left before he's free agent eligible, then figure it out. I, I, I wouldn't just cash him in for. Oh, uh, we got like. Oh uh, no, no, like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But I also but, don't yeah. know if you're going to get it. So like on him, right. like like I was saying, like I wouldn't just. 
you know, if I'm the Orioles, my plan's got to be, you know, we're going to be, you know, we're going to start, you know, contending at least a couple years down the line, and John Means can be part of that. Um, so, you know, we, again, I think as a GM, you always listen. I, I don't think anybody should be untouchable. I mean, you know how much I love Adley Rutschman, but if the Rays call and say, hey, we'll give you Wander Franco and Vidal Brujan, and <laughs> right, you can have three right, more prospects right. for our farm system, yeah. I'd say, well, you know, yeah, I really but, love Adley, but, but sorry, goodbye. But this is more, right. I get yeah, that. Yeah, you, you, you have that. to listen, and, and I'm sure Mike listens, you know, if, if people are inquiring. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't just trade him no. from the standpoint of, you know what, like he might be a free agent before we're good because we, we just don't know what they're going to look, you know, what the AL East is going to look like. I'm certainly not. There's, there's no trading him for the sake of trading him, I agree. And, and by the way, all of this was a setup to try to ask you, knowing what you know about <laughs> knowing what you know about the Orioles system, what do you think a reasonable timeline is for them? Like, knowing where there are, you know, we, we like a couple of the pitchers that are coming. You know, there are middle, middle infielders certainly appear to be further away for the Orioles, and, and Heston Kerstad is such an unknown at this point that, like, yep. I have no idea what to make of that. Like, given all of that, how far away do you think the Orioles are? I think still a couple of years. I mean, it, it's a good, not great system. I think it's it's deeper than it has been. But it's not, I mean, and this is an unfair comparison, but, like, the Rays have studs, and the Rays have depth, and the Rays have a little bit of everything, and they have guys at the top, and they have guys at the bottom. But And, you know, this is a system where I think you need to hit on a lot of your top, top guys. Um, and, and to, you know, like, look, I think Ellie Rutschman's going to be a superstar. I really like Gunnar Henderson. You know, Jordan Westbrook could be pretty good. You know, I, I'm confident in, Ker, in Kerstad, but, you know, we don't know. I mean, it, it's been a strange beginning to his career. I, I think the biggest question, I think you'll, we'll know more about exactly when their window is going to open when Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall get to the big leagues and, and start to get some innings under their belt that level, which will probably be 2022. I, I, would, I would think they're on course for that because – yeah, the, the pitching's a tough part. You know, pitching prospects, you know, I, I've used this line a million times. When I started Baseball America over 30 years ago, Paul Snyder with the Braves <laughs> told me this early. He's told a lot of people this, legendary scout who ran the, the Braves scouting for a long time, that basically you need 10 good pitching prospects to find two good pitchers. Or I, I forget exactly how he worded it, but that was the gist of it. And, you know, pitching prospects are tough. There's, there's attrition. There's guys who are good at one level and not the next. And you just don't know. And, and so I'd say if, you know, to me, the key, you know, if John Means, I'm not saying he's, you know, going to be Cy Young good, but let's say, you know, John Means is a legitimate front three starter, mm-hmm. and Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall live up to expectations, well, boom, all of a sudden you've got, you know, three starters right there, and you've got these hitters coming, it's going to be pretty good. I, I think the pitching is the key. You know, it's still trying to figure out, you know, Mike Bauman and Keegan Aiken and Zach Lothar and, and, and those guys, you know, like, you know, do we, you know Kyle Bradish, do we have more pitchers? Coming, like you're not going to hit on all those guys. Like Dean Kramer's interesting, but he struggled. Is he going to be a big league starter or not? You know, we don't know. Um, you know, so it's. I think sorting out the pitching. I, I guess I'm, I'm not trying to evade the question. No, but I think that's. Yeah. I think it's a fair point, and I think it's why I'm. I'm. I'm concerned. And again, I. Yeah. You know, could it could it absolutely be that by the time we have this conversation after 22, we're talking about a, a team that goes into 2023 with three guys at the top of the rotation that you feel really good about? Yeah, that could be. The I, I, and, I, and I think that's the earliest. Like yep. to me, the earliest that they could be, you know, maybe a wild card contender would be 2023. 
Okay. I, I think that's a fair answer. He is. Uh, by the way, this is our draft segment. Jim Callen <laughs> is with us from MLB Pipeline. All right, so you kind of shocked the world last week with your mock draft, or whatever week it was. A couple weeks now, I guess it was. Yeah, I think it was. It's weird. It's blurred. I think it was. Was last, last week? week. Okay. <laughs> um, when you did not have either Vanderbilt pitcher going number one to Pittsburgh, I guess let me start there because I feel like we've been talking about nothing but Vanderbilt pitchers and in Baltimore lamenting the idea that the Orioles didn't have a high enough draft pick and won a couple of those games against the Red Sox last year. It, why aren't these two guys the surefire one and two guys in this draft? Well, see, it's funny, and it's like it's weird because I always feel like I'm running them down a little bit, but I'm more trying to set reasonable expectations. Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker are very good. They're also probably just because social media is what it is today, as hyped as any college prospects ever. Certainly, any college teammates ever. You know, pitching ninja and this and that, and. The thing is, they're good, but they've never been a cut above everybody else. The, the high school shortstops, Jordan Lawler, uh, uh, Marcella Mayer from California, I, I throw Brady House from Georgia in there, the Louisville catcher Henry Davis, they're all on that same tier. It, it's not the two Vandy guys and everybody else. It's kind of six guys. And then I don't know how much your listeners follow the Vandy guys that closely, but, you know, Jack Leiter – didn't pitch last week, and it was you know it was announced. Oh, you know we're we're giving him a week off, you know for the long term. But they announced it a couple hours before his start. This wasn't like a plan they had set up before that. It sounds like and a I'm guy you, you shouldn't, you definitely shouldn't be taking him top four. I think the top. Well, you, well I'm you not can't, you can't that, use a top four pick on the, on a guy like that. Uh, no, we, well, need, we need you to say that, Jim. We don't need you to say just that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I was going to say that. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily hurt. I think he's going through tired arm because he, he, after Dom, after being untouchable for sure. six weeks, he gave up. I think eight homers in his last three starts before he took last week off, and I don't think they've set their rotation for this week. And Kumar Rocker, I mean, there was a stretch where he was throwing 90-92 for three weeks in a row, and last week he got hit around because his command was off. He's When Kumar Rocker's at his best, like we saw in the College World Series and with the 19-strikeout no-hitter against Duke in the Super Regionals, he looks great. But there are days where... Kumar Rocker doesn't get a lot of miss, you know, doesn't get a lot of swings and misses in the strike zone. Um, and if guys don't chase a slider, you know, what exactly do you have? And again, I'm being hypercritical. I mean, sure. these are top of the draft guys you're putting on the microscope. But, but like, so those guys are are good, but they're not. Like, I, I think that there's this public perception that they're like it's them and everybody else, and that's not the case. And in fact, if I had to guess today. I would bet that at least one of those guys would be on the board for the Orioles when they pick wow. at five. Wow. Okay, if that's if that's the case, though, hang on a second. Are, you're not saying it's a slam dunk to you that you would take one of those guys if they were on the board for the Orioles at number five? Well, well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, look, we've got two months before the draft, and like the question. I mean, Jack Leiter at the beginning of the season, you know, no hitter in his first SEC start, seven no hit innings in his second start before they took him out. You know, he, he was on hit. I mean, he was like, I think, the clear favorite to go number one. A month ago, and you know he had this fastball where you know, it's ninety three, ninety five, and guys just don't make contact in the strike zone, and, and he was carving it up. And but the question with Jack is, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's six foot one, and he pitched like fifty eight innings in high school two years ago, and sixteen last year in the COVID season. And everybody was wondering, like, how's the stuff going to hold up over, you know, a full season of starts? And you know, it's backed up a little bit. You know, now if he look, if he takes a week or two off, and again, I don't even necessarily think that he's hurt. I, you know, I just think the timing of of, hey, we're giving them a week off to, you know, kind of reset. 
you know, to announce it a couple hours before the game when, when everybody's expecting him to pitch was kind of odd. So I, I'm not purporting to, to know that he's hurt or thinking that he's hurt. If he comes back and he pitches great, you know, you know, for the next, you know, six weeks, then he'll be fine. But if he comes back and it's the Jack Leiter we saw the last couple weeks where he's getting hit around some, then then it's a question. But, like, you know, they, yes, I mean, I think you could, like like I said, those names I threw out at you, you know, you know, the, the high school shortstops, Lawler, mm-hmm. Mayer, House, the catcher, Henry Davis from Louisville, and the two Vanderbilt pitchers, those are, to me, the top six guys right now. And so, yeah, you can make the case that if you're picking five and, let's say, one of the Vandy pitchers goes ahead of you and the other one's there and one of those other six guys is there. But, yeah, I could even see a scenario where you'd pass on, on one of those guys yeah. at five if, if you like the other guy better. So this is – I was – I mean, this set up the, the, the answer more or less, but I had been entering this situation sort of under the impression that the Orioles at number five were on the outside looking in and that there were maybe four of those two top high school shortstops, the two Vanderbilt pitchers, four top guys. But it sounds like what you're saying is – the Orioles are, are kind of sitting pretty at number five, and they should be getting one of the top, you know, guys in this draft, guaranteed almost. Yeah, I, I, for me right now, look, it could change between now. We got two months, but like I think at the top tier is really five or six guys. And you know, now the question is, there's, there's a couple other factors that come into play. One, I mean, we saw it last year. Orioles took Heston Kerstad at two. Yep. I, you know, I've, I've talked to you guys about him. I, I don't. I mean, I know that was a shock. I don't think it was a reach. But part of the factor was they wanted to save money and spread it around their draft. Yep. Um, and you're not. You know, look, you're not taking one of these Vanderbilt guys and spreading money around. So, like, that's something that could lead you away from one of them if they're at five. And then the other thing is, you know, it's tricky. But you know, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker both have two of the most high-powered agencies in baseball representing them, and I think there's going to be some competition, not necessarily between the players, but between the agencies, that their guy gets more than the other guy. So you you run the you run the possibility that let's say you take one of the Vanderbilt pitchers at five, that. You know, like even even if you're not looking to save money at five, you'd like to know what it's going to cost you so you can plan the rest of your draft. And it may be tough to pin one of those guys down as to what exactly they're going to sign for at five, and then it ties up your bonus pool all summer and and, and you know leaves you scrambling at the deadline a little bit. So um, yeah, it's 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 weird. I mean, and again, I mean those guys are both good. I'm just trying to be realistic about them because I think there's this perception it's them and everybody else. But yeah, it's 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 very possible. That at least one of those guys will be there at five. If the draft were today, I would guess that that would happen. And it's also very possible that one of those guys could be there at five, and the Orioles could say, "You know what? We're going to do something else." So it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, there's it, it feels very odd, but we have two months before the draft instead of a month. So there's a lot of time to you know for guys to kind of move up and down draft boards. Jim, if I could, and I really appreciate the time. If I could, before I let you go, two things. One, um, the guy that you had the Orioles taking at number five was Brady House, who you've referenced. Um, I feel it's a name that we've heard a, a lot about, but still don't really know because, again, he's not a college player, so we don't have, as you pointed out, the social media uh, a boost with someone like Brady House. What makes him such a top guy in this draft? Yeah, we need, like, high school ninja to, to propose <laughs> to gifts of high out. school yeah, players yeah. to go with pitching ninja. Now, he's, he's interesting. You know, he was super famous. He was one of these guys who was on the showcase circuit a year early after his sophomore season and tore it up in 19, tried to do a little too much last, last summer, so guys were like, okay, what's going on? But he's looked really good this spring. He had a great game against a, the, the top pitcher in the country for next year's in Georgia. He had a great game against him, three hits on three different types of pitches, great at-bats. And, and you know, he's essentially... You know, six three, two ten. 
I think he probably moves to third base. It's kind of like that Gunnar Henderson mold of, like, maybe he could play shortstop, but he's pretty big. But he's got some of the best power in the draft, runs well for his size, got a really good arm. He's up to, like, 96 on the mound. Kind of, you guys know I don't love comps unless I kind of get them organically. But I've heard, like, more athletic version of Joey Gallo. Wow. And I actually think he's a better you know, hitter, like, I, this, people are less worried about the swing and miss, but, okay. like, he's got, you know, maybe, you know, more athletic Joey Gallo with, with more hitting ability and a touch less power because Joey Gallo's power is crazy. Man, if you're more athletic than the dude that made that throw from right field last night, holy... Yeah, he's got that kind of arm. Like I said, if, from Brady House pitches, you can see 96 on the mound. Like, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty exciting. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know which one would play short or if one of them would stay short, but, like, Brady House and Gunnar Henderson on the... On the left side of the infield, Woo, that would be pretty I, exciting. I like the sounds of that. And then, really quickly, just and, and like I'm not going to ask you to comment. I, I saw Kyle McDaniel's draft this week, and he had Henry Davis going to the Orioles. And the immediate response from everybody in Baltimore <laughs> is, "What are you? Are you out of your mind? Like you? Why in the world would you be drafting yeah. another catcher?" Well, there's a couple reasons that would make sense, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out either. Okay. And like, cause one, you don't draft. You don't draft for need. If you think. Henry Davis is the best player, and I think you could make an argument that he might be the best player in the draft. Wow. Like, like you could you could make that argument. He's the best college hitter easily. Had a really good year. You know, off. You know, like most of the college hitters have had bad years this year. He's had a really good year. It's great bat. It's a well. He actually has a little bit stronger arm than Adley. I, and the thing to me is, I, I don't think Henry Davis is that great a receiver. I think he's kind of a fringy receiver at best. Whereas Adley, you know, you've heard me say, like, I yep. think he could be a gold glove guy. But the thing is, when you have a guy like Henry Davis whose bat is that good and the defense is, is like you're hoping it's kind of adequate, um, you know, and he does have a cannon arm, I want that bat to play. I, I don't want Henry Davis getting beat up behind the plate and being kind of a you know, adequate catcher. I'm putting Henry Davis, you know, he's reasonably athletic. I, I try him at third. He could definitely play an outfield corner. I mean, he's got a plus-plus arm. So I, I just think you, you t- if you take Henry Davis, even if you have Adelie Rutschman, you're taking him because you really believe that this guy's bat. You know, I mean, we're talking, you know, this could be a 280-25 home run guy, you know, if he's playing every day, you know, and not getting beat up behind the plate. So you're, you're taking you, him. I think it's actually probably a little bit better. He, it's better hit. And maybe a touch less power than Heston Kerstad, but you're getting a guy who's who's performed at the highest level in one of the best college conferences in the country. So you you wouldn't be taking him like it's not like the Giants who took Joey Bart at number two and then came back and took another pure catcher at 13 last year. You'd be taking Henry Davis because you think this is an impact bat who's going to hit in the middle of your lineup, and you'll figure out what position you play him at. But it's I, you know I I don't think that's out of the out of the question. Jim, we always end up doing like 20 minute segments with you. Well, and, I get excited and, talking to you. I guys. know, you and, no, questions. and I. I love it. I love doing this, and I'm grateful that you always do this for us. I, and I, honest to God, we could do another hour. I mean, that's that's how much I enjoy. Hey, well, this we still have too much to go. So, like, that's the crazy thing. It's uh, not like they're crazy, drafting no next doubt. week. Uh, Jim, what can we plug for you, sir? Um, I, I guess just you know our, our site, you know, at MLBPipeline.com. Um, you know, my Twitter feed, Jim Callis MLB. I try to link to a lot of stuff we do, but we're gonna have a new, you know, fans of the draft, a new top 200 draft list. Uh, you know, we're expanding it, we're revising it, that'll be out next week, another mock draft, and like I say, the great thing I think about our site is everything's free, you know, all the reports, all the videos, none of it's behind a paywall, so so come check it out. Love that. Tell your dogs we said hello, Jim. Somebody just rang the doorbell, okay. so chaos is ensuing. Always appreciate you taking the time for us, sir. Let's do it again, all right? Yeah, sounds good. Always enjoy talking to you guys. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Jim. Jim Callis, MLB Pipeline, MLB.com, MLB Network. I mean, 
I, I hear from people all the time how much they enjoy our segments with Jim. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy our segments with Jim. Like, they are tremendous every time we get the you opportunity. Just told me, yeah. I mean, you guys always ask good questions, so anytime. Well, I know, he's been wonderful yeah, to course. us over the years, and I, I, he is an absolute resource. And well, I, I'm a, I'm a, we're both kind of nerdy. I mean, I'm a nerdy prospect guy to an extent. You, like, I'm, you, I'm, I'm, you I find way, it romantic. Yeah, that's the difference. Me, it's more like cut and dry. You know, like it's, you are, it is, it is, it is romantic with you. And I, I greatly enjoy these segments, and part of it is they are more valuable at a time where, you know, there's, I'm not as concerned about the results of the major league team, and I, mm-hmm. I can't hide from that. I'm just not as concerned about the major league team's results. But take a break, and we'll chat with Marty Morningwig. Oh, okay, sure. Why not? We'll do that. Very cool. All right. Uh, appreciate Jim Callis. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Oh, man, there's always something going on at your local Toyota dealer. You can make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, Marty Morningweg's got a new podcast out, so we can talk to him about that and, uh, you know, football. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, winning a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather chances are you have some roof and siding damage call c3 american exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible don't let the insurance industry get one over on you c3 guarantees a 48 hour rapid response call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks, available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded to Stress state flag and traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Pressbox Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash Sports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Pressbox sports. 
It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenbarradio.com. Nothing but net. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Our next guest, of course, uh, former NFL head coach and offensive coordinator here in Baltimore. And now he's gotten into the podcast business with the Camp Marty podcast, which is available at CampMartyPodcast.com. The uh, first episode features someone perhaps you've heard of named... Michael Vick, pretty significant figure. They had a pretty unique relationship joining us now. He is Marty Morningweg. He's with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Nope. Okay. Well, maybe he didn't want to chat with us. I don't know. It happens sometimes. Did I? Was it something I said? I thought I gave him a pretty good introduction. I thought, ah, now we sit, we wait, we see. Maybe he heard about the uh, first segment of today's show. <laughs> Maybe as he was waiting to hop on with us, he found out that um, what name of uh, Kyle's girlfriend's cat was, and he said, "Guys, I think I'm gonna pass. If, all, if everything everything's equal, I think I'll choose not to make this appearance." What what happened? He said, "Wrong, Marty. Don't want to embarrass anyone on air." Did you? What? Just the number that you sent me. Mm, we got another. Uh, we oh. got another situation on our hands. What happened? I realize now. What happened? That's why it was a charming Southern drawl. Which Marty was it? Marty Marty McGee? Smith. Marty. Oh, that's Marty Smith. Yeah. Should I call him back and say, "Hey, so sorry." Want to chat? Oh my God, yeah. Kyle. I understand now. That makes a lot oh more sense. Oh my God. Oh that my makes more God. sense. That makes more sense. Oh my God. That makes a lot more sense. If you want to do it, try, you try and give him a call back from my cell phone. Really apologetic. And just I mean, be like, like, hey, dude, so I, sorry, so confused. You there. have to, you have to, you, and yeah, you have yeah. to explain. We've been, we yeah, were, yeah. we were talking yeah, to yeah. him this week too, and I just got yeah. the wrong. Sure, I'll do it. I don't mind owning up to that. Oh my God, <laughs> I cannot believe what just happened. It is an honest mistake. I'm not going to lose my mind about this one. There are plenty. There's plenty of things that I will lose my mind about, but but this this week, I this is not a joke. We we have been talking to Marty Morningweg this week, and we have been talking to Marty Smith from ESPN, who I'm I've been I love to chat with. Marty Smith is great. Marty Smith is the most likable human being in all of media. There's there's he's. He's number one. My buddy Chris DeShiel earlier this week called him the Tom Hanks 
of sports media. And I don't disagree with that in any way. He's the most likable figure. Oh, my God. Uh, that These mistakes happen, and apparently Marty Smith, this is how nice of a guy Marty Smith is. Marty Smith is so nice that despite the un- incredible botch that that just was, He's still coming on with us? I want to say, I was like, I don't remember Marty Morningwick having such a charming southern accent. <laughs> you son of a- <laughs> Marty Smith, I cannot believe you. I, I, all of the legendary stories of your kindness, sir, this goes even a step beyond that. Thank you so much for putting up with our own boobery this morning and still joining us here on GC. Uh, hey, it's all good. I can see how it could happen. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh no. Like, do I say it on air? I don't want anybody to be embarrassed or upset. I don't, I am not a former offensive coordinator, not even remotely. Uh, So I didn't know what to do. No, you did. It's so wonderful how you handled that, man. I, my, my buddy Chris DeShiel uh, said to me the other day, I think of Marty Smith as the Tom Hanks of sports media, and you prove it at every turn with the kindness and, and how you, just the genuine way that you just handled that situation and not embarrassing us. I, it's so kind of you, Marty Smith. Thank you so much for well, taking a couple minutes for it. No, man, it's all good. It's, uh, I just, it was kind of funny. I'm like, am I a jerk if I like, hang up and then tell <laughs> him? Like, if you had said, if you had said, I will never talk to you again, you know what my response been? I understand. I understand. Oh, <laughs> like shoot. I completely get it. But uh, a joy, a joy <laughs> to have you with us this morning, Marty Smith. Uh, how you enjoying Baltimore? How you enjoying being here and your Preakness experience? It's great. Uh, it's great. It's a little different, of course, with the main storyline being yep. everything going on with Medina Spirit and concert tour and the testing to which they're subjected here after what happened with the Kentucky Derby. So it's a little different experience when that's the main storyline. But uh, nonetheless, it's always awesome to to be at the horse track. I'll tell you what I have learned covering this sport over the last couple of several years, I guess now, for ESPN. Speaking of kindness, is just how open-armed everyone is Mm -hmm. and so passionate about how much they love their sport. And they want to convey that passion to you. Mm -hmm. And it's just awesome. Like, I, I sat there today and I had conversations on and off camera with Dwayne Lucas, who of course is a Hall of Famer, yep. with Steve Asmussen, who uh, has Midnight Bourbon, uh, not only in the Derby, but here at the Preakness as well. And they're just so, such open books about the sport and helping me understand it and everything that they're managing with this collo- like uber-extensive substance list that the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission um demands that they abide by which i don't know if you guys have seen this thing on my printer it's six pages long so i can't imagine like you got to have a pharmaceutical degree to understand it (laughs) marty marty it's interesting you bring that up and by the way i agree and it's part of the reason why i've loved i used to go down and do the show at the derby every year and 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 you know things have changed a little bit obviously in the COVID era but it's one of my favorite things to cover, and it's because of that kindness. I, it's interesting. Like, we talked yesterday to Todd Pletcher about this. I have not gotten the sense, the outside perspective of this situation with Bob Baffert from people that are not connected to horse racing seems to vastly differ from the inside perspective. In talking to people in the industry, they don't seem to have the opinion of Bob Baffert is a cheat and and someone that was trying to get around the rules as much as it's they seem to think that the story is viable and they're okay with these horses running this week. 
Yes, I, I, you're absolutely right. Uh, from everyone with whom I've spoken, and I'm actually talking to Todd at around one thirty or 2 today when he gets here to Pimlico, but um, you're exactly right. And every, everybody that I've spoken with says that exact thing. They don't look at it like like uh, Bob Baffert was blatantly doing anything wrong. They look at it like the stringent testing protocols that the horses undergo is overwhelming to everyone. And I've heard the word unnerving. I've heard the word nervous. I've heard the word concerned. I've heard all of those words from trainers about what it's like to kind of live in this era. And, and yeah, I've not heard a single person myself that I've talked to now. I don't know about people with whom I've not spoken, but the guys that I've talked to all say exactly that. Um, and, and Dwayne Lucas, again, legend, I asked him point blank, fellas, I said, what impact do you believe 21 picograms of beta-methasone had on the outcome of the Kentucky Derby uh, a couple weeks back? And he said, zero, none. Mm-hmm. It had none. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from a legend. So, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the guys, inside, guys and gals inside the, the, the barns and the paddock, uh, they seem to completely believe that this is something that could be done innocently. So then you, you mentioned in this era, right? Is, is this, are they more stringent now than they used to be? Did it used to be two pages and now it's six? And if it's the I, same as it always was, how is this the first time that we've seen something like this happen? Or is it, you know, if that's true. 1968. Yeah. Uh, 1968, it happened after the Derby as well. But um, it seems like it, you know, uh, it seems like it's gotten more stringent. And, and there is a, a whole different level of nerves and concern about something happening that either you're not aware of or like, let's go back to, to Steve Asmussen with whom I spoke this morning and how unnerved he said he was about having that list of substances kind of hanging over you as a trainer. He's like, look, we work a seven day a week job. We get up at dawn. We do this because we love the animals. He said, it's hard for us to understand what a picogram even is. And so they aren't pharmacists. So there, there is that concern. And to me, now this is just me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of new at this. This era seems to be a, a bit more unnerving than it was in the past. He is Marty Smith from ESPN. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. M- Marty, the shame, of course, is that this is what we're talking about, right? The day before right, the, the Preakness. It's the, the shame of all of it. And I, I, I asked that early in the week to a few folks to say, would it have been good for Bob Baffert to simply say, I don't want this to be the case. I'm pulling the horses out. I, I don't want the topic to be about whether or not the horses should be running. And again, Every single person connected to the industry has said, no, I, that's, that's not the right thing to do. And based on what you're telling me, I'm guessing that, that as a reporter, you don't think it's probably the case that it would have been a better thing for the sport for the horses to not run in the race. Look, as a reporter, all I can do is kind of tell you what the people who know what they're talking about tell us, yeah. right? And I asked Jimmy Barnes that. And for, for your listeners who may not know that name, he's the assistant trainer. Bob Baffert has been for a very long time. I likened him to the Sports Center crowd yesterday as kind of the Brent Venables to Bob Baffert's Dabo Sweeney. Hmm. Kind of like hmm. the, the yeah. coordinator level, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
puts together the strategies and, and the game plan, as it were, right? And, and he said the horses deserve it. The horses deserve to be here. And again, his own competitors seem to feel that way that I've spoken with. And I can't wait. To, that's cool. You guys talked to Todd. Yep. I love that guy. I can't wait to talk to him after a while and get his perspective on this, which I expect to be very similar. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the sentiment here inside the, the ropes, as it were, that the horses deserve it. And well, I, I just the way this unfolds, and of course, all of this with the caveat that we're still awaiting the pre-race right. drug test yep. that Baffert agreed yeah. to subject these horses to. Yep. They're supposed to be uh, public by three o'clock, so there's still a lot up in the air. But for me, uh, just as a fan, uh, I'm glad they're running. I don't know how you guys feel. No, oh, it, it makes more. It's certainly it's better. It's better for Baltimore. It's better for the attention on tomorrow's race. That the horses are in right. the race. There's no question. Do you about think that. this is setting up for a situation where I mean, there's the other test that still has to come back after the Preakness will run. That was the secondary test from the Derby, and it seems like whether or not they agree with the stringent level of the rules, the rules are the rules. But if Medina Spirit goes out and wins right. Preakness tomorrow. Do you think the horse racing community is going to be speaking up on his behalf in order for him to get a chance to run at Belmont? Or is that going to just sort of be a conversation well, that can't be had? Whether or not they do, they're going to be asked. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, yesterday when I talked to, to Jimmy Barnes, I, I was interviewing him outside of Medina Spirit's barn uh, yesterday morning, Thursday morning, and I asked him because he was the person that made the call to Bob Baffert to to inform Baffert of Medina Spirit's positive test for betamethasone, right? So I wondered what was it like to be the person that had to convey that message to your boss? And he was he immediately said, uh, "I'm here at the Preakness. We're focusing on the Preakness and the horses that are running in it." And uh, what, by no means was he even snippy. Like he wasn't. He was just. He made it very clear that. That's not something they're going to discuss right now. But we're going to be asking the questions yep. of every trainer we can find if that happens. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So uh, that's our job, and it's uh, th th their decision whether or not they want to expound upon their perspective. Marty, I, if I could, and if I, if I say, you know, we're big boys, we can, we can handle it, and, you know, we're tough as a city. I am fascinated by – when when you get an assignment to go do Preakness, right? And 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 I'm sure there are people in your life who are like, ah, you're going to Baltimore. Wow, sounds like a great place to spend a week, you know? I'm sure you get some some side eyes and some people that that have their opinions about our city. I, what do you what do you tell them about your experiences here? What do you tell them about coming and covering the Preakness? Uh, I love it. People the people are really nice to me, and I judge every person and every situation on their own merit. And, and I mean, I, I'm staying in the Harbor down there and everyone is so nice. I, you know, walking down the street, going to restaurants and whatnot in the evening time. And again, here at the racetrack, there's just a beautiful energy. There's a beautiful energy that I want to, I consider it my mission and my job to convey that passion. Mm -hmm. It reminds me a lot of my NASCAR days sure, in a lot of ways, because when, when I covered the sport for all of those years full-time, 
there were certain, you know, big-time outlets that would come in and they would show up for the Daytona 500 and they would show up for the Coke 600 and the Brickyard 400 and the championship race. And we wouldn't see them at Martinsville or Dover, right? And so that's kind of what I am here in the horse racing world. I come in for the Triple Crown. Yep. And so I respect so much the people that do it every week who've forgotten more about it than I'll ever know, and I try to glean insight from them. And I, I have so much respect for what they do. And that's the way I approach it because I've kind of been on the other side. And I want people to understand that energy. And I'm trying very hard to convey that. And, you know, at the Derby, and and when there's not, I mean, I guess we'll call this a controversy. I don't know what other the, the yeah, controversial sure. story, right? Sure. Yep. It's a lot easier to do that because your storylines are Significant. really fulfilling. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but yeah, I mean, specifically about Baltimore, look, I really enjoy my time here. Marty, could it's a I, great uh, sports town. I, oh, I appreciate that. Could I selfishly ask about what you think of what Mike Loxley's been doing in College Park and, and, and Talia Tungavailoa? And... I love that dude. Okay. I love Coach Locke, man. I know him from covering Bama so much. Yep, sure, know, I'm in course. Tuscaloosa all the time, and, and I appreciate that man's spirit so much. It's a really difficult league. Yeah. I mean, a really difficult league that he's playing in. But I feel like he has this amazing way to reach the players at the players' level. I believe that's a major reason he got that job. And that's, these days, that's so important, guys. It's so important to be able to reach the player at his level and to understand what they may have going on in their lives off the field and all of those things. And, and so, uh, again, it's a really difficult league. Uh, I don't admire anybody that has to play in it, but uh, I think he's doing a really good job. And I think with the talent base you guys have around here, which is like limitless, there's so much talent in the greater D.C. metro area and all the way down into Tidewater in Virginia, which, you know, Frank Beamer owned for all those years. And that's why Virginia Tech became a powerhouse. He recruited Tidewater so well. So, And I know Coach Locke is going to do well there. So, um, I, I just have – I try to temper my expectations for guys, but I do have expectations that he's going to do really well. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I mean, I, we, we like that. We like that a lot. I got to ask you while we have you, I, people were very critical on Twitter and assumed this was staged, but I suspect it was not. Trevor Lawrence actually interrupted your live shot during NFL draft night, didn't he? Oh yeah, that's my guy, man. <laughs> okay, it was it was so cool. It was so cool to to be there and see that he's a, such a composed young man, and he has perspective so far beyond his years. I did not, you know, the reason that he had that party at home was so that those sixty or sixty-five or seventy people that he felt were so integral in his path to becoming number one, he wanted to share that beautiful moment with those folks and he didn't feel like Cleveland offered him that offered him that opportunity and I just felt like listening to him and and having been around him a lot the last few years that night specifically really showed me a lot about that perspective he has that's just so far beyond he has perspective that I didn't have till I was 40 and he's 21 and I admire the hell out of it he stepped so, up. He stepped up a lot over the last year, for sure. Sure I mean, did, man. He stepped up a lot. Sure man. did. He he rose to the moment on a number of occasions, unrelated to football, and that was great to see. 
Marty Smith, what can we plug for you? I mean, I, I can't believe. Not only were you kind enough Offensive to forgive us, yeah, right. <laughs> were you kind enough to forgive us and, and give us this great segment? What can we plug for you in exchange besides just continued hits on uh, ESPN from Baltimore for the next couple of days? Oh, nothing. You know, <laughs> I uh, I will say this. I I have been like I've been so blessed, and I'm so grateful for all these opportunities. I'm leaving here uh tomorrow evening or I'll, I'll leave sunday morning and i'll head home for a day and then i go straight to kiowa island for a week of covering the pga championship and you know in the last two months i've gotten to do the masters and the derby and the draft it's just i'll never get used to it and i'm so grateful for it and so i just try really hard to have kindness and effort and passion I control those three things every single day. They're me things. And in a world of uncontrollables, we face so many of them every day. I make the decision every day how nice I'm going to be, how hard I'm going to work, and what kind of energy I'm going to have. And so uh, I'll just leave you guys with that, and I appreciate you having me very much, and I hope you all have an awesome day. Marty, we, we are huge fans. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. It really means a lot. Hey, and if I ever meet Marty Morning, yeah, Day, correct. I'm going to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> you masqueraded. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him I could have done an entire segment. Oh my God, that actually would have been gold. It would have been gold. That would have been pretty funny. I, know, so I thought great. about it again, like in the moment. I'm like, <laughs> what do I? The hell do I do right oh, now? Oh man. Marty, thank I you. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much, Marty Smith from ESPN. He is the best at Marty Smith ESPN. I'm. Hey man, some days. One of my favorite segments we've probably done. Oh, because of course, of the nature yeah, of man. It. You can't, well, but it's example number six billion yeah, of why Marty it, Smith yeah. is just the most likable human being in this business. And for my, in my defense, I, I'm I not, hadn't had. I reached out earlier in the week to him. Yes, had like last texted him days ago. Yes, so he was not even in the I'm, top I'm of not. my messages. So, so I get a response, and I go up to the top, see who it is. Like I say, it's Marty in that message. I'm like, all right, here we are. <laughs> what a guy. Whew. That'll go down as an all timer. That'll go down as an all timer. Oh, man. So funny. So much better than. <laughs> so funny. We just had Marty. I mean, and by the way, just having Marty Smith would have been sure. really good to begin <laughs> with. God, he killed. All right. Um, anyway. <laughs> I can't, it was great. I can't believe it. I can't believe that's how that played out. <laughs> all right. Today's show brought to you by. Um, this one's brought to you by the Press Box Print Issue, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. You can read it all, pressboxonline.com. John Means is on the cover. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, go get it. Just go get it. It's free. The day. I'm just thinking about the entirety of the day. I mean, we couldn't have asked it for a better person for that to happen to, though. No doubt about that. I mean, anybody else. There was a, there was a mistake that was made early. Uh, there's another... There was somebody else that we had called to get on the show, and a secondary mistake. Yeah, I had written down something, and Kyle forwarded it sure, along, sure. and we're, my source was incorrect. Yeah. And, and this guy, this was person, was not a, not okay about it. He was ornery. Yes, not <laughs> interesting. Was not okay. And that person did not appear on Glenn Clark Radio. No, he did week. not. He was he unavailable, not. despite the fact that I imagine he would have been available. I sure, a, you know, but I'm, whatever. I'm sure. Anyway, you know. the moral of the story being, Marty Smith is a hell of a chap. Marty Smith <laughs> could have just said, "Are you are you effing kidding me? Right? Are you out of your ever loving <laughs> mind?" 
You're introducing me as Marty Morningweg. And Marty Smith's a big deal in this yeah, business. He's, he's, like, he's, you know, he's a superstar he's a in beast. this industry. It's great. Um, and through nothing but niceness. He just grows yes. up through being just the nicest, Utter most genuine person. Kindness. The video of the, I mean, if you've never seen the video of, there is a, uh, a younger reporter who was doing a live shot outside of a, either an Alabama or a Georgia, one of the big SEC games. And he was struggling because he was he was his own you know camp. He's, he was at yeah, a, a small market, a small market multimedia journalist. Sure. And he was struggling to knock out. And it wasn't a live shot; it was a pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. It was stand and it up. Was a stand up, yes, exactly what they call him. And he was struggling to knock it out because these are things you're not script. You're you're supposed to be doing it like you'd be doing a live shot. And he was just he was flubbing words and. You know, he got frustrated, and all of a sudden, Marty Smith walks over to him and just says, "Hey, man, these are the toughest ones you'll ever do as as a reporter. These are when you're live, you just do it. You know, you just go knock it out." <laughs> and this guy's eyes just like pop out of his head that Marty Smith was so kind to him. But this sure. is the story of Marty Smith. Like this is what yeah. we've known of Marty Smith to be. He's also, you know, he's really great at all of his various jobs. He's very, very good at them and adds so much yeah. to every broadcast, his radio show, everything that he does. I'm just thinking about how I was like, man. Marty Morningway's got a really charming. Yeah, you did accent. say that, and <laughs> I remembered like. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll just we'll just leave it alone. We'll just leave that alone. All right, so um, that was great. That was great. I uh, appreciate Marty Smith taking the time for us this morning. And again, example number six billion yeah. of him being just the nicest guy in the world. Today's show. Uh, I already did that. I said it was brought to you by Pressbox Printish. I could do another one, but why I'll, not? I'll, yeah, why not? I guess that's a good point, Kyle. Why not? It's also brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. Don't forget tomorrow, Baltimore Celeb Fest in Millersville. Some of the biggest stars in the history of professional wrestling and some of the current stars of professional wrestling um, all going to be there for Baltimore Celeb Fest, including the Great Eight Stable, which features current AEW stars like Brian Cage, who's getting ready for a rematch with Hangman Page. Uh, also, Matt Seidel and uh, Lance Archer, who we now know is going to be the uh, top contender for Miro for the TNT Championship. <laughs> Kyle knows that, of course. Mm-hmm. Who am I telling? And where's Jesus? Is he going to be involved? He's easy over there, fella. Easy. We're doing. It. We're still in the middle of a read. Oh, yeah. We're not. Let's, let's settle down. Hey, let's settle down. You teed me up there. I understand. <laughs> um, get your tickets right now by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. You can meet all eight of these current wrestling stars. Pictures and autographs for just 200 bucks. It's an unbelievable deal. If you understand this business, you ain't getting an offer like that anywhere else. Great8smemorabilia.com is the website. And, of course, they have private signings coming up with ooh, boy, Joe Flacco. You heard of him. Anquan Bolden, Chris McAllister, Jonathan Ogden, and Tucker Fest on June 27th at Jerry's Toyota with Justin Tucker. Going to be an amazing day. We'll be there for that. great memorabilia.com with the number eight. Be great. Kyle in the kitchen. Tidbit. Tubular. That's how we wind down for the week. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho, Le Champion, AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Glenn Clark Radio, so the, what, what, what? Who was it? I, this is the, the funny part. Somebody reminded me of the, the guy that, who did we put on a couple weeks ago <laughs> yeah, that was wasn't the him. person that we're we trying to talk to we because we called him yeah, back I like definitely we remember right immediately right. after whoever you called you called the wrong person and then we immediately called whoever it was supposed to be and got them on afterwards it was just 
one digit. Off I don't. I don't remember who it was. Is the thing. I don't remember who the first person was. I don't either. That we were supposed to have on. It was somebody who was sort of important. Yeah, semi-important. I think like you're the right. The name about that. carried a little weight. I think. But I don't remember either. But that was that was worse. All right, I somebody will remember. Somebody will remember here shortly. Worse. Oh, that was way worse yeah. than this because we just put somebody on that was like, uh, this isn't. Uh, yeah, right. This isn't the dentist's office or whatever it was. I mean, it was really bizarre. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was something. All right, uh, today's show from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box, also brought to you by KNS Automotive, right here in Hamden for over forty years. KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles. The focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from oil changes to major body work, call KNS now, 410-235-6660, or go to knsimports.com. That's K&S Automotive, knsimports.com. Well, before we wrap up for the week, it's a Friday regular feature. It's Kyle in the Kitchen. This is where you hit the open. Uh, yeah, that is generally what I do here. Oh, God. <laughs> It's time for Kyle in the Kitchen. Kyle in the Kitchen is taped in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Marty Morningwig joins us now here on... So... Yeah, hang on, let me give it a sponsor. Jesus. Uh, Kyle in the Kitchen. Brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Of course, every Monday, Stan and Ross talking baseball... Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Every Wednesday, Stan and Gary Stein chat with a newsmaker in the world of sports. This week, Terry Hasseltine, the executive director of Maryland Sports, was with them talking about the uh, Maryland Five Star, other events that are coming up. Find both of those in the videos tab at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or at PressBoxOnline.com. Stan Show is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Kyle in the kitchen. Yesterday I teased something and I lied. I'm not a liar, as I said earlier, but I lied. I mean, this is the you, so, you are a liar. No. Maybe lying about the thing that it you should lie. It wasn't that I about. lied. It was that I think I wanted to do more. It was that I felt as though what I would have offered in that was not enough, and so I wanted to do more of a original Kyle, if you will. Everyone knows what that means. And so, this is my segment. This is my song, and. You and I occasionally differ in our opinions on food, but this okay. is my food segment, mm -hmm. so I'm allowed okay. to make this about okay. my sure. Carolina barbecue okay. pulled chicken. Sounds just sounds wonderful. It absolutely is. So <sighs> it's going to involve a slow cooker. I don't know how you feel about that, some people, but I don't know about you. I don't mind having to just set something and forget it for a little while. It's kind of nice. Especially when you're looking to shred some chicken, I think if you're shredding chicken, oh, thank you, you Brian Pell. It was Banks. It was it was Barst It was Banks from Barstool. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's exactly who it not was. Not as important. Well, no, I mean, we love it's Banks. Still, make I like them a lot. Don't, don't immediately like it's take like a Buck Showalter. Well, no, it's not right, that. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, but we would have known it wasn't Buck Showalter. Yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, so there are probably methods that you can use in the oven at a low heat and cover it with some, you know, all that good stuff and let it get tender that way and shred it like that. If you mm -hmm. want to do that, go for it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But the most important part is what you are letting it uh, sit in while you are slow cooking it. And that is a Carolina vinegar sauce, which Glenn, of course, is wrong about. Mm. 
Now, with the base of this sauce, this is how you have to prepare this at the beginning. You've got to make the sauce. You've got to meld the flavors together by boiling it and simmer it in a little bit, and then you're just going to go ahead and pour it on top of the chicken when it's in the slow cooker. Mm-hmm. The sauce itself consists of mm-hmm. apple cider vinegar, mm-hmm. about a cup's worth. I'm using mm-hmm. a, this proportion cooked me, and you're going with the boneless, skinless chicken thighs here, of course, because it still has the fat content that you want when you're going to shred some chicken and uh, make it as much you know, reminiscent of a pulled pork as you can find, you know, get some fat in there. Always a good thing. Mm-hmm. So you lay those raw chicken chicken thighs down in the crock pot, you know, get them all set up there. But you're going to bring your apple cider vinegar, a cup of that. You're going to get about a, about a teaspoon of ketchup. You're going to get teaspoons bigger than a tablespoon, right? Ye- no, wait. Which one's bigger? I think it's table. No, you know, it's really... <laughs> Jesus Christ! I think it's. I think it's teaspoon. I I. Uh. uh it's it's a. It's a tablespoon. A That's tablespoon. what I thought. Right. Jesus. So I don't one know. tablespoon. You, you to do that to me. One tablespoon of ketchup. I don't love ketchup, but it adds a little something, something here. You need a tablespoon of brown sugar. You need a. What is the actual proportions here? You need half of a teaspoon. I did more than this. I like red pepper flakes. I like spice, you know? I'm putting more spice in there. I I'm do as well. At least a teaspoon, maybe even more red pepper flakes in mm-hmm. there. You're going to add about half a teaspoon to a teaspoon of black pepper and maybe a quarter to a half of a teaspoon of salt. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to bring it to a boil. And don't take too deep of an inhale. I did, and it hurt a little bit. I was believe that. You know, yeah, what, I believe what, what, what that. will this do? Sure. And so I did that. Bring it to a boil. You're going to bring it down to a simmer for a little bit and get that those 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 Simadana, sugars and salts to be dissolved mm-hmm. into the mixture. Stir it occasionally just for fun, posterity. And you got to turn it off after a couple minutes of simmering. Let it cool a bit. I didn't let it get all the way down to like room temperature because I figure it's going in the slow cooker. It's going to be warm in there anyway. Like I'm not really running the risk of cooking the chicken. You know, it's going to be cooked. You know. So I let it cool a little bit so it wasn't hot to the touch, maybe a little lukewarm. Poured it over my crock pot, chicken, thighs. And it was a perfect ratio as far as the the liquid you'd want, right? It didn't completely cover it, but it was, you know, you had enough. Covered it, set it on low for three hours. Tres horas. Let me do it in Spanish. Tres horas con el pollo. And after three hours... Obviously, the, the level had risen of liquid because the natural juices of the chicken the had, idea, uh, yes. joined the vinegar to make a delicious mixture. This concept. Pull the chicken out, put it in a little bowl. I guess nobody can hear my eye rolls, but sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Pull the chicken out, put it in a little bowl. Mm-hmm. I have the claws, but I kind of prefer the forks for the, for the pulling you know, I actually don't know that I disagree with you. you know? I don't know that I disagree with you on that. I just think the claws are a little unruly, and you're not going to get as clean of a pull with that. You're kind of yeah. just marin- like you're just mauling it. At that I point. prefer to be that guy at that restaurant that just bangs the, <laughs> the bone down and all of the oh, meat falls right that off. that turkey guy in Jesus, New Orleans? Dude, it is the greatest, the it's it's the greatest video in the history yeah, of man, the I want to find that guy. No doubt. Um, so I uh, pulled the chicken. I like to get a good pull consistency. You don't want too many chunks. The chunk's not bad, but... I like to get a good even pull because I want to get it all coated in the flavor. Now you're going to take the liquid, the au jus, if you will, that's been remaining. Is that the proper term for that? I guess that would be the. I mean, it's sort of. Yeah, I think au jus is specific the, to the red. Juice m- that's like to pull. It's it's like it's. But I thought it was specific to red meat. Maybe so, but the chicken au jus. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, sure, we'll go with it. And I poured it into a little mug. I was taking sips here and there because it was delicious. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, delicious stuff. 
And so now you're going to pour a healthy I amount. got to keep remembering that nobody can hear me roll my <laughs> you got to pour a lot of that juice uh-huh. back into the pulled chicken. Sure, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. the chicken yeah, interior the, could not yeah. have been penetrated. Uh-huh. you got to get all this. The best thing I love about the good Carolina pulled pork is that, like, each bite is just dripping in the flavor, right? You're like, that's what I'm talking about. All right you there. legally is... Legally. Uh, uh, <laughs> Are they coming for us? Meat dishes prepared or served together with a light gravy or broth made from the fluid secreted by so, the meat as it's cooked. It's a little bit of a step further. I would have had to reduce this down probably yeah. and, like, do yeah. a little more, but sort of, kind of, sort of. So I'm pouring at least half of the juice that's left over in the crock pot, maybe more, into the pulled chicken. I mean, like, getting more than you think you need, but you're going to keep tossing it and make sure it's all evenly coated and all that. And at that point, I had, of course, toasted a nice brioche roll. It was an everything brioche roll, for what it's worth. Sure. That's what I had. Why not? And so I do my olive oil drizzle, throw it in the toaster. Beautiful browned roll. Put a couple pickles, three to be exact, so a few would be the more proper nomenclature. A few pickles on the bottom. It's actually true. Yes. yes. Then I put a nice healthy heaping of my pulled chicken. And where I fell short, and I'm sorry, folks, is I did not, and Glenn will be like, you don't need it, that's so stupid. I did not have a slaw. I would have preferred to have a slaw to go on this sandwich. And I, uh, I believe firmly in the, in the addition of a slaw to a barbecue sandwich. I think it adds a beautiful cooling nature to it all, and the textural notes of the crunch of mm-hmm. the slaw make it even better. So without the slaw, the sandwich was not as good as it could have been, mm-hmm. but it was still delicious, and I would give it 74 oh. 100 Kyles. All right. I, I, I know I'm not a Carolina barbecue guy. There is, there is something that I would do specifically, like in, in listening to everything that you said, that I would do a little bit differently. Yes. Which is, I would throw it in the trash. Ah, okay. Yeah, I would throw I it in the trash, and I then I would make real barbecue, is what I would picture? do. Sure. Seems a little too toasty. That, no, no, that, no, no, no. You bun. want to have, if you don't that get it toasty enough, it's just, you're going to get the soggy. I understand, toasty, but that seems a little soggy. too toasty. No, 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 no. It seems a little too toasty. You're mistaken. And how did you actually get flavor uh, from, from the sandwich? What do you mean? I mean this. I mean this hunk of meat on there. It's, it's all well and good, but how'd you actually get some like flavor? Oh, okay. Is this for the sandwich. Bit? Is this like, for you trying? You? Uh... So, um, I, look, I, Carolina barbecue is terrible, but uh, in the in the pooled um department, yeah. and particularly when we're talking about I, I, it, and it's a weird thing. I was introduced to cream soda as the play for pooled chicken or I'm not a cream soda pork, man out of. Pork. It's not about getting the cream soda in, in, the, in the streets, if you will. You know, right, I, I mean, I'm, I've, I don't know that I've consumed a cream soda. So people in, love cream soda. It's a very much a you love it or you hate it thing. I don't think it is. I think for a lot of people, it's just not part of their lives. I just don't think cream soda. Had. I mean, it's just like they're, if they tried it, they either love it or hate it. I think. I don't think that's the case. I it's think a weird. I think flavor. you can. I don't even know that it's all that weird. I think, I think it's, it's, it's. Um, it's frankly a bit smoother than say. Um, I don't drink soda. Neither neither of us do. Right? And that's we the don't thing. I don't. I don't. It cream soda was so not a part of my life mm-hmm. growing up that I was wildly indifferent to cream soda. Like I remember having a cream soda as a kid and thinking, "Well, this is fine. You know, like it's 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 enjoyable." But cream soda is is helpful for just getting a little more flavor into your pulled meats. Interesting. Now. There will be people that will tell you, go a step further than that. 
Go with Dr. Yeah, Pepper. I've heard Dr. Pepper. Go I've with heard, Dr. Pepper. Right, yeah, I've heard. And you can really inject some flavor into your pulled meats that way. I've never done yeah, it man. myself. I was going to do a hot rod reference, but you just wouldn't have gotten it. And it would have been so, so mm. topical. Mm. Oh, he gets well, flaming Dr. Peppers. Yeah. Will Arnett, of course. I'm trying to for the table. I, like, I did and he see- says, Woo! There's a flavor. So it was topical as hell, if I okay. may say so myself. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten it. You're right about that because I, I have blocked out most of that, what a that movie. film. I've blocked out. Blocked I actually out put that. I almost put it on last night. Uh, you should have watched Girls 5 Ever. It's really good. I think I'm going to watch it with my girlfriend, it's so quite, that's why I've been waiting. What's, oh, you want to watch that yeah, with your girlfriend? I think this would be a good show. Probably. I need to. Uh, you know what I realized? I never had actually gone back. This is the funny part. I I'd signed up for Peacock specifically for the third season of AP Bio and never oh, watched, watched it. it. That's good. I never watched it, so... That's next you know on my what list. I'm thrilled to find it. What's coming that? Out. Oh, by the way, that was Kyle in the kitchen. Kyle in the kitchen. Yes. Said, we'll get we'll get it up uh, at Glenn Clark Radio. In front of a live studio. And you'll uh, you'll get me the uh, picture and the uh, index sure, card. Sure, you, sure. You've been doing a, a bit where you've not been sending those until like three hours later. Well, no, it takes time. Um, but does it? <laughs> that seems like it'd be part of the problem. That should you know be prepared what before I'm the show. For. What's that? May 25th is the return of Mister In Between. I'm not a Mr. In-Between You didn't guy. watch it. That's I why. didn't. I didn't. That's probably why you're not a Mr. In-Between guy. It kind of stops one from being yeah, a Mr. In-Between guy. Yeah. Kind of a bit hindrance well, to I becoming mean, a Mr. In-Between guy is not watching it. It doesn't help. Yeah. Sh- certainly. So people have time. There's only 16 episodes to catch up, uh, and they're 30 minutes each. Yeah, a little less than that, actually. I, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I, I'm not Look, saying I I'll won't. I'll just say, when everyone's talking I'm about how good I it is, this is going to be on one of list. those things. It better not be one of those Detroiters things. I'm, when I saw the trailer for the third season, I got emotional. I was so excited because I was really You thought it was, was just going to be, be no more? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so people need to watch that show. It there needs was, its I recognition. I feel like there was something else that I had put on my list recently, and I've already forgotten what it is, so... Maybe Look, maybe it's dark. Maybe maybe it'll show up a little bit earlier. Oh, I had decided I was going to do a complete uh, Sopranos rewatch. I've never seen it. So let me Again, see it. I decided I was going to do that. And there was something else that I decided. The wires on my list for that. I've only seen well, it I just one did. Time. I just did one of those last summer, so I don't. I still remember so much of it. Well, I, we will need to. I think next year is an anniversary, anniversary and so we will need to of the second season. No, of the first season. Ninety nine was the first season, wasn't it? I think that it was no. Two thousand no. maybe. No, it was not. You're wrong about that as well. I think uh, I'm not wrong. You're n- you are wrong about that. It was 2002. That's what I thought. For the first season? Yes, 2002. Are you sure? I'm 100% certain. In fact, I've already been confirmed of what I knew was fact to begin with and has since been reconfirmed. Are you sure? Yes, I am triple sure at this point mm-hmm. that it's 2002. That premiered in uh, 2002, it says. It's weird how that works, that well, I, I was correct I want to at, confirm. Every, at every You're welcome turn, for confirming it. I was correct. Not necessary. I had already reconfirmed. Yes, we don't like Redoubled to confirm our, things around right, here. Redoubled our efforts. Uh, my buddy uh, uh, Ryan Chell has has already committed to uh, offering free help. Oh, beautiful! In um, in uh, whatever we're going to do anniversary. We've wise. had a few of them on already. Well, yeah, I mean, Wood Harris. I've, Wood Harris. We've had on. I've had. I've had a lot of them on in past iterations of the show. I've had David Simon on. I've had Michael K. Williams on. Unfortunately, I've had, he would not be zooming with us anymore after the thing. That well, no, that, I don't blame him for that. There was somebody else that I had on. I I told Ryan like the, the the white whale for me is not it's not even Idris because like come on that's not happening, it's Method Man. I think Method Man could happen. I think consi- you wouldn't even talk to him about the wire only. I mean, I would be like, well, it would be the it's the reason why I'd want to have him on. But what about N- no? Cal? We're not just gonna do a, a Wu Tang segment. He could do that with anybody. We're gonna <laughs> well, do. A, no, you couldn't do that with anybody. He could do that with anybody. Right, that's the point. He but could I do, that. do that. With anybody. No, but he would come on with us to talk about the wire well, a and bit of and. 
what people don't know about Method Man, but you would if you watched the Wu-Tang show on Hulu. He was a member of Death Jam Vendetta. Rock star lacrosse player. Unbelievably good lacrosse player. Loves lacrosse. Method Man. Go figure. So that's sort of my white whale for the anniversary next year. That's the one that, that I think is attainable. And everybody else, I'd be happy to have all the conversations with them again and again and again and again. But that's the one that I've never had and I would be willing to do for next year. So that's on my list. That's on my list. But I will do another uh, another viewing. before. Of course, we've also had another of the stars of The Wire, Stan the Fan Charles. <laughs> we've had on a number of times over the years. All right, uh, uh, I, uh, Paul from Movie Lando, I'm going to have to give you the short version of it. I told him to not let the show in without me addressing. He asked earlier, um, even though the Ravens drafted Bateman and Wallace, if Julio is still on the trade block in June and it costs less than a first-round pick and if they can rework his contract, should the Ravens still pursue adding him? My answer would be yes. Now, do I think they will? No. I, I think that that is off the table, practically. Do I think that they should? There's no world in which I'm shutting out Julio Jones at a less than first round price and at numbers that can work for you financially. I, I it would be insane to me to do that. Now, do I think they will? No. I think that after the draft, it is less it is it is almost completely out off the table for them to go that route. But it wouldn't if Glenn Clark was in charge, it wouldn't. I would do the draft the way I wanted to do the draft. If that's still something that can play out that way, I would still do it because I'm not shutting out. He's still a special football player at this point. I get it. I, I think there's going to be a decline, but it ain't yet. He's still special, and you need more special. So I hope Rashad Bateman comes, becomes a rock star. I am not nearly – to me, Sammy Watkins can be the, the collateral damage. I have so little expectations for Sammy Watkins – I if 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 bringing in Julio Jones means Sammy Watkins ends up being a wasted signing, fine. Mm-hmm. I I'll live. I just don't think a lot of the Sammy Watkins signing to begin with. So that's the guy to me that would be sort of the odd man out. And if you what you're saying is well, now you might lose Duvernay too. Okay, that's a bummer. Julio but Jones, yeah, yeah. I I'd rather have Julio Jones. That's just the reality of the situation for me. But I don't. Again, my gut is I don't think yeah, I that it's still on the table. i just telling you that it would be for me. Just got a message from my mother. Yes. Cicada sighting. Uh, I think we had a – I think that I – like it's beginning, I was, folks. It's beginning. I think I was told not by one of my neighbors that – by the barn, there was a cicada. I'm sighting. worried about it. like it's gonna be to the point where when I go around and up by us, it's gonna end up being a, it's gonna be overwhelming. When I run around the park, yeah, isn't I gonna have to like wear a mask to protect my mouth, kind of thing? You know, I don't know about that. I or, don't like, remember. I don't remember them flying into your mouth. The you last to look time. every step. I just remember the sound really being oh, yeah. the issue. The For sound sure. was the only like there were, truly you know, burden. See them part. on the ground. You'd see them, but like it's not the end of the world. The burden, the burden was the noise. It was just constant and and unrelenting. Sure, when you would have to deal with the noise. All right, uh, Tidbit brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary with an amazing menu, including the zucchini fries, as well as, of course, the smoky thigh wings. <sighs> no offense, but if what you're choosing between is Carolina barbecue and smoky thigh wings at Glory Days Grill, the disparity between the two things is the single greatest disparity in the history of humanity. But no offense. 
There's also the double bacon and cheddar burger, the barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA, the turtle cheesecake, and more. GloryDaysGrill.com for you to find out more. Tidbits. All right. The Orioles and Yankees are squaring off. Who knows, right? Something odd, though. Mm -hmm. In the three games set in Baltimore with the Yankees, Araldis Chapman faced 10 Orioles, struck out nine, and walked one. However, while the Yankees are 13-2 and two when Chapman pitches, the two losses were mm-hmm. both 4-3. to three How about that? To the Orioles. How about that? When he faced six hitters and strike them all out. Or that struck them makes all out, complete sense. As everyone knows. Sure. Uh, quirky, fun stuff as far as baseball is concerned. Of course, baseball features some pretty impressive leadoff hitters in the game. Ronald Acuna Jr., probably the most impressive of them all. I mean, you know, pretty damn good at baseball, that guy. He already hit his 21st leadoff home run of his career, which actually matches George Springer for the most in baseball in that span. No no surprise that Acuna is one of the best players in the sport since 2020. His four and a half wins of replacement surpassed only by Jose Ramirez and Mike Trout among the game's best. He is also really good this year. Uh-huh. Wins above replacement, 2.3. Kay. He is one of four, or I should say five, outfielders, which includes Cedric Mullins. Oh. So there are three other outfielders okay. other than Acuna and Cedric Mullins mm-hmm. with wins above replacement at 1.7 or higher. I'm going to guess Mike Trout is one of them. Leads the league. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, outfielders. Outfielders. Mookie Betts. Not good at baseball. Is he? Is Ranked he? 13th. Okay. Only 1.1 wins by replacement. God, that guy sucks. What a terrible baseball player. Outfielders. Outfielders. Um... Uh, Juan Soto. No, Juan Noto. <laughs> ah, nailed it. He's missed a few games with injury oh, and he? also because they had the late start with COVID and all that. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Byron Buxton. Good guess, but no. Really? He's pretty far down, actually, surprisingly. Really? He started torrid, and then I suppose perhaps just kind of tailed off a little. That's... Weird. I thought he was having a really good season. Um, man, man. Uh, uh, is it a Yankee? Uh, no. I think Buxton was injured. Is the reason? Oh, was DL? Yeah, that'll do it. But I thought he was having a. He was having a great year. How's about? How's her belts? Well, you know what? What? I think he deserves to be on this list. Why? I don't know why he wouldn't have been. It's the pr- I don't understand what the situation is. He apparently has accumulated enough war to be on this list. For whatever reason, this outfield leaderboard is not listing him on that on fan graphs. But I will give you Buxton. I will give you Buxton. He has so 2.4 r- wins by replacement, so he should be just behind Mike Trout. But he's not among the outfielders on this list for whatever reason. So, so that's a bad list. Fangraphs shouldn't so, have a bad list. So that makes you think there might be other guys that are missing. I don't think so. List. You say that, but you have no reason to back that up. You just um okay. Look, I 
I will admit that he should be on that list. I have no idea what criteria they would be using for outfielder if he's not going to be there. So, I mean, he's been playing in the outfield. No doubt. But Joey Gallo. No. Did you see the throw? I didn't see it, actually. Holy hell. From the wall? was there a, Not from the wall, just but from deep center, deep right field, the game on the line in the 10th inning. Just, what a damn hose. Um, all right, you might have to give me something because it's already 12-22. Um, both National League and I think in the same division. Both National League and you think in the same division. Carl Yastrzemski. That is correct. No. Is it is it the West? No, it's also not Carl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marty Morningway. <laughs> Carl Yastrzemski. It's not the West. Funny. Mike Yastrzemski, of course. Uh, is it... So, uh, Bryce Harper. Uh, no. Is it the East? No. Okay. So, <laughs> we're down to one. <laughs> Could be anybody. Uh, is it um, George Springer? No. Oh, he's in the American League. Yeah. Son of a bitch. What am I doing? God, I need a day off. What the hell, man? Oh, for Pete's sake. I'm guessing it's not a pirate. If I just no, to, they do have the 10th-ranked one. Do they really? Who is Brian it? Brian Reynolds. I don't know who that is. I'm not going to lie to you. I have no clue who that is. All right. Um, so it would be then... God, I don't even know who plays the Cardinals anymore. Who are their outfielders? I'll save you the trouble. It's not a Cardinal. It's not a Cardinal? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Now i got to remember who the Cubs outfielders are. It's not Kyle Schwarber. He went to the Nationals. Uh, who's in the Cubs... Outfield, it's not. Um, oh, it's um, it's uh, 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 Hap. No. Hayward. No. Maybe you're not thinking of him as an outfielder. Is Chris Bryant playing in the outfield now? He is. What's he? I didn't. When did that happen? He's been an outfielder now for a little while. Really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have. N- I was completely unaware of that being the case. And then, um, and who? And 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 the other one is uh, a red. Is it a red? It is. God, who's in the Reds outfield? We it's had his uh, name guessed earlier in the year for something. Earlier this week, I think. First time I mentioned for a while, I think. <laughs> oh, the Winkler. The Winkler. It's Winkler. It's Winkler. It's Winkler. Okay, it right. is just Winkler. Winkler. Yeah, I love that guy. All right, very good. Uh, Tidbit was also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com. Tubular brought to you by Window Nation. Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. Got to take advantage of this, man. 50% off all styles of windows. 50% off. Plus, no money down, no payments, no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION. Or visit WindowNation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Here's what's going on. He's been moving around a bit this uh, this I, year for. Uh, so how many games has he played in the outfield? He's played over 100 innings in the outfield this year. But how many innings has he played at third base? He's played over 100. He's been a bit of both. So he's not really an outfielder. Well, he is and he isn't. But he's, he's not really. He's more like, innings in the outfield than at third base this year. It sounds like it's been pretty 50-50. 140 to 120. It sounds pretty 50-50 to oh, me. Oh, I'm sorry, Glenn. Jeez. Usually you're up on the Cubs outfield. Byron Buxton. 
I don't understand that. That's Look, I'm not going to defend Fangraphs for that one. Masson for the Orioles and Yankees this weekend. Tonight, Corey Kluber, Dean Kramer at 7 if you happen to live in the L.A. or the Boston markets, but not at a Boston market unless it's in the L.A. or Boston markets. Uh, and then you get the, that on MLB Network. Tomorrow, uh, also at 7, Domingo Herman and Jorge Lopez. And 1 o'clock on Sunday for Jordan Montgomery and John Means, who still hasn't allowed a run in a very, very long time. The women's lacrosse tournament today, ESPN Plus, Mount St. Mary's, and Duke at 3. ESPN 3 for Stony Brook Towson right now. Hofstra Loyola at 3. James Madison, Johns Hopkins at 5. High Point and Maryland at 7. Black Eyed Susan Day coverage gets underway at 5 on NBC Sports Network. Cavs Wizards tonight at 7 on NBC Sports Washington. So the Suns need to win out and have the Jazz lose a game to get the one seed. But because they beat the Blazers last night, there is still a chance that... L.A. could overtake Portland, and I think Portland still has a Denver game left on their schedule, and that would... And the Lakers make... are officially out of, they're not going to be in the play-in, correct? No, that's they still would need that. Right now, the Lakers are still the seven. Okay. But if they win out, and I think they got two easy games, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, um, and, and Portland were to lose to Denver, then they would slide up and take the... Okay. Um, they would take the six, and Portland would fall Is back. Denver going to play hard? Do they care? Like, I think they still are. I think there's still something that they're playing for as well. I think that they're not eliminated yet from the. Okay. I don't. I don't. I, I got it. I got I watched it all on. Uh, I actually watched a little. Not only did I watch the game last night, I watched a little bit of inside the NBA afterwards because Shaquille O'Neal was smacking Charles Barkley's ass. Well, that's something you that's, can't turn on. That's a thing. If you have not seen. He was rubbing his butt and smacking his ass. That was a thing that occurred. NBC tomorrow for the Preakness. Uh, coverage actually starts on NBC Sports Network at 2, shifts over to NBC at 5. The uh, lacrosse tournament, uh, the men's lacrosse tournament, the games not that the local teams do not play until Sunday. Uh, ESPNU for Vermont, Maryland at 2.30, Loyola, Denver at 7.30. Uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame weekend is kind of this weekend. They're inducting last year's class tomorrow. Tomorrow, and I don't really know, they're doing a gala at 3.30, the enshrinement ceremony at 5.30. How are those two things different? I couldn't tell you. Who would possibly know? But that's what's going on. That's the Kobe Bryant class that's going in tomorrow with Michael Jordan inducting Kobe Bryant. Then on Sunday, they're going to announce this year's class for the Basketball Hall of Fame at 11.30 a.m. on ESPN. I don't understand how any of this works. Uh, playoffs get underway in the NHL tomorrow night. Capitals Bruins game one seven fifteen on NBC. Non sports highlights. Saturday Night Live tomorrow night. Keegan Michael Key is hosting. That's Olivia cool. Rodrigo. Oh, and she's awesome. Is the guest musical guest? He apparently promised the best SNL in forty six years. Okay, so I mean, there's that. I like him a great deal, yeah, so I, 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 I think, think it should know. go well. And I, I always, like Olivia Rodrigo a lot. So I, I was a bigger fan of Peel than I was Key, but Key's always been good. I uh, I mean I think that when they were on the show together I thought I, I think they I think that Jordan Peele had more range in his characters perhaps I mean if what you're saying is that as an actor that that that, that Key J- Keegan Key was typically the louder right, and was right. typically the one that was doing more shouting and thing I I mean I get yeah. it but but I still love I don't, it. don't get me wrong still love like it. looking forward to it yep. Sunday, Fear the Walking Dead, 9 o'clock on AMC, if you're into that. You got The Simpsons, 8 o'clock, Great North, 8.30, Bob's Burgers, all that fun stuff. If anyone's watching The uh, Mayor of East Town with I think Kate Winslet's in there. Yes. 10 o'clock on HBO. I thought that was a Monday night thing for some reason. Yeah. That's a Sunday night thing? Yes, it is. Right. Last week tonight, 11 o'clock, of course. 
stuff and things. Check it all out at glennclarkradio.com. All right. Thanks today to Marty Smith, who is decidedly not Marty Morningweg, and thank him again for not being Marty Morningweg, but being Marty Smith and being amazing. Uh, God bless him. Thanks also to Randy Moss as well as Jim Callis. We'll get all that. And Kyle in the Kitchen up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Um, irons and Fires, Stuff and Things. Jeremy Connell join us on Monday and Stuff and Things. Don't forget the bat around tomorrow morning, 10 to noon, with uh, Paul and Zach. They'll be talking baseball with you for a couple of hours. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, MIAA Lacrosse, U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Celeb Fest tomorrow, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Kay Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go all the local lacrosse teams. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.